Hey, this is Jake Parker, friends with Scotty Young, and uh, you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. Up in it. Just so that Jason could do it, since, you know, the 11 o'clock was just pretty much his baby. That's, that's, that's the heavy lifter. It's not my baby, though. It's, it's one episode baby. for the it's, year. It's, that's it's, his baby. It's every, what? No, Dude. I, like, all the work you put I need to get Chris back on the show because you just, you, there's displaced hostility towards me these days. <laughs> no, there's It's just so easy. All I, have to, all I have to do is say one thing. You're like, oh, you're, you're calling, ah. for, calling for Elizabeth. I'm coming. <laughs> Hey everybody! Glad you're back. Oh my god! Hi. Hi. No. You have a good time. Almost had to do I had a great time, man. Saw my pop's new crib. Nice, nice. Real nice. They're really happy, man. Smiling from ear to ear, which is nice. Uh, yeah, brand spanking new crib. They got they like the neighborhood. Love the weather, as you can imagine. So yeah, they're just they're giddy, man. They're real giddy. My dad's uh, giving me the green light to launch his website for him. So I'm gonna work on that this week for the ducks. Uh, yeah, for the ducks. Yep. Sweet. Yep. I've owned the URL for a couple of years, but he was reluctant to launch a website while he was still up here using his. Uh, you know, he has a, he had a dedicated ga- like a, a gallery that repped him, and he didn't want to like he thought it was kind of dogging him out to sell stuff outside of the gallery. But now that he's down in Florida, he's got the green light to you know to augment since the gallery's up here. So yeah, man, we're gonna hook it up. Johnwooddecoys.com. Gonna be off the hook. Cool. Yeah, man. We cranking them out. Quack quack. Yeah. You know what else right. is off the hook? What is off the hook? This is eleven o'clock comics episode four hundred and fifty six. Damn. It's a big one, and I am Vince B. You sure as hell are Vince B. Kind of pissed am... off, Vince B. Oh. Kind of pissed off. Yeah. Why? We'll get into it. We'll get into it in oh. the show. Wow, okay. Yeah. Right. Not not right. in some categories, I guess. Okay. I am uh I am not well I'm probably not as pissed off as Vince B. No. Uh no one is. So I'm just trying to keep it mellow <laughs> and I am David A. Price. Wait, you pissed at me? Mm mm. Are you Are kidding you me? Right? Oh, I don't know. No, I'm, uh, I'm 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 a little no, go ahead. Okay. Uh, and I am baseball's newest Hall of Famer, Tim Rock Reigns. Wow. I don't even know who that is. Wow. Baseball's newest Hall of Famer. Okay. But you're being serious. That wasn't a facetious yes, yes. thing. No, and he's right. a former, a for, you remember the White Sox for a couple of years. That's why I'm yes. very excited about it. Nice. I'm, you're not him. You're Jason Wood. The big to do episode of, uh, the year so far, anyway. Oh. This is our eleven o'clockers episode where we recount and tally and tabulate the favorite comics and bric-a-brac of twenty sixteen. Well, Jason, we celebrate. Yeah, we celebrate, we tabulate, and we we Jason does most of the work. We don't we, hate. We just we lean back, right? And all those other words. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And you know where most of these things came from. Where? Discount Comic Book Service. Oh, of course. DCBService.com, where you can get all your favorite funny books and collectibles for a fraction of the cover price. This is probably, no, it's not the last time you're going to hear this, uh, from Image, 
our buddy Daniel Warren Johnson is at the helm of a brand spanking new series. He's writing it. He's drawing it. He's inking it. He's not coloring it, though. Mike Spicer's doing that. But uh, $3.99 cover price, you can have it, the very first issue, for $1.99. From Dark Horse, we got a relative newcomer. Mr. Neil Gaiman is uh, doing The American Gods in comics. This one is called Shadows. Number one, Neil Gaiman, P. Craig Russell, Scott Hampton. Oh my God. $3.99 cover price with a beautiful Glenn Fabry cover. Uh, you can bring it home for David. How much? Oh, oh, half off. Yes. $1.99. Boys pants. Last but not least, I saw preview pages from this today. They look gorgeous. It's Exo Manowar. Number one by Matt Kent, Thomas Giarello. Uh, we got Louis LaRosa on this thing and a bunch of other people. It is cover price, three ninety nine. but because you're really smart and you, uh, do the discount comic book service stuff, you can bring it home for 75% off. You get this for 99 cents. Where, Hot. where can you get a standard size comic with a beautiful cardstock cover and all the frills and everything for 99 cents? Nowhere. Only DCBService.com. They are the best. Mm-hmm. God, that's out of the way. We got a lot of talking to do tonight. Yes, oh, I do. will save the uh, the thank you for later for the end of the show. Oh, look so at so you! We can, get, we can get right into it. Well, cool. we, well, first of all, let's say that um, we, we're always tweaking this a little bit, right? Yeah. And uh, I have to say that um, really got to give Google a shout out because oh, yeah. they have made through the Google Forms service. They have made life a lot easier these last two years um, in terms of voting. You know, in the old days when we were just uh, had the forums, people would literally post in text their votes, and then we would pull them from each post and this manually tabulate. And uh, it was fine, but it got pretty crazy toward the end there because we had a lot of votes, and it was it was nutty. And then people would go in and update, and you'd have to double-check the date and all that stuff. Uh, then what, like three years ago now, we didn't have voters, uh, a voter say, because frankly, we were in between the forums and any solution and I just didn't have the time to. Yeah. It was later in the year, I think at that point. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that was my bad and we, we, we needed a different solution. And so Google forms came out last, well, it didn't come out last year, but we used it last year and, uh, and it worked out well, but then they really, they, they've updated it even more so this year. So it became super easy on the back end where, People could, by giving their email address, they could go in and change their votes or update their votes anytime they wanted, and then it would just, like a database should, it would just replace it rather than create a duplicate. And uh, then we just locked down the votes a couple days ago and dropped it all into Excel, and it was super easy to tabulate, and, and it just was amazing. So props to Google for making life a lot easier. And also props to our, our uh, community because we had said maybe two weeks ago we had kind of half-jokingly taking our, our peoples to task because we we were running a little light on submissions relative to the year before. Now, to be fair, the year before we had pretty awesome, glossy, uh, um, pl- you know, placeholder postcards that were put into every DCBS box. So that certainly helped. We didn't do that this year. But either way, uh, people rose to the occasion and they uh, really stepped up in the last two weeks to get their votes in. So we ended up having a quite a good turnout. So very pleased on that as well. Was that really so a year ago we did those postcards? Yeah, it was last, last 11 o'clock. Holy yeah. crap. I know, man. Wow. Time flies. I was planning on us doing it again this year, but just time got, got 
kind of caught up with us. So yeah. Um, but I thought before we we jump into our categories, maybe I you know I guess for me, and I think you guys are probably in the same boat. This was a you know this is our eighth year d- doing the show, and I feel like it was a a different kind of year for comics to me. Yeah, I think it was. Well, I was just uh, comparing my answers to my answers of previous years, and mm-hmm. I was establishing a pattern where uh, even David noticed it that mm-hmm. um, <laughs> my publisher of the year was the same for like three years in a row, and yes. and I'm like, what that? So I this year it is a major break from previous years. There are more same. there are more superhero titles on my list. But- I think if for the listeners who have been listening for the latter half of last year, I do believe the publisher will not be a major surprise there. It, it is That's different, true. but it's I true. don't. I, I think there are going to be this, this year. Yes, there are some different responses to the categories from each of us, but I don't think there are going to be too many surprises based on those answers. Based on what we've been talking about, right, this year. right, and I like I like to tip the hat to to everything I've read in the previous yes. year. So I use my categories to do that. Where my favorite writer and creator of the year are two different dudes this year, only yeah, only year. because I wanted to recognize the uh, entertainment the one provided yep. me with. But yep. the, for me, the creator of the year was very clear. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, so. Well, we'll get to it when we get to the categories. We'll explain them. Yeah, yeah I agree. I mean, I just—I was just saying that it just seemed like to me that uh, we were saying off air. I mean, as we'll get into it, I mean, a couple of the categories were harder than normal for mm-hmm. me. And I, mm-hmm. I really was surprised by that because this year, unlike previous years, I, I tried to keep a meticulous tally of everything that I read. Now, as I was joking with you guys, clearly I omitted quite a few things because when I went back to look, I was just noticing lots of stuff that I did read that I didn't have on the list. But that said... Um, you know, I try to be more organized about it, and it just made me realize that a lot of the categories that I normally am sweating over the choices really weren't as difficult this year, and, and that's not really a great thing because it wasn't necessarily because there was just an obvious winner. It was more because I didn't necessarily resonate with that category the way I normally do. And, again, I don't know if it's a industry thing or a me thing. I just think it was kind of one of those weird years where I, most of the stuff that resonated with me was – one of two genres, which we'll get into, um, superheroes being one. Um, so yeah, just, it's just an odd year. And like you said, I think our, our, our general preferences in terms of our favorite publisher and, and all that, I think we have unusual unanimity there, but it's also an, a break from our normal patterns, at least for two of us. Uh, I think Dap's gone that route a few more times than we have in the past, but, um, so yeah. And by the way, uh, before we do get underway, um, we do need to give the uh, award for best drink of the night. So Vince, what are you drinking? Well, I don't know about the best, but uh, from Victory, I am finishing off the case of the Hop Ranch. Mm, nice. Yes. Do love the IPAs. You do. Don't you, boo? Oh, all right. Oh, boy. Tell you, baby. Uh, baby, boo. What else? Okay. You'll be plenty of boo. Don't worry. Robert Mondavi, private selection, aged in bourbon barrels. Cabernet Sauvignon. That's a new thing. This is a, this is like the new thing now, huh? Yeah, this is. Um, I do Urban believe though, cap- it's pretty limited. I don't know if that's because they don't use the barrels so often afterwards, or. Mm-hmm. But I mean, la- last year I've seen a few. Even um, uh, Apothic Inferno was also used in um, 
but I, I believe that was a blend. But that was also aged in the bourbon barrels and, and that's what I mean. Yeah. Also a limited edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you'll be able to find this the Mondavi in, in too many places now. I, I think that was uh, that may have been the last bottle I had downstairs. All right, all right. I too am drinking the grape uh, from a vineyard named Mojave Rain from Cali. I'm drinking 2014 red wine blend. Um, they actually sent us uh, red zinf and a merlot as well from the same from the same uh, vineyard. But this is the first one we cracked open because I do like the blends, and uh, it is freaking great. I think the whole bottle's going down tonight. Nice, nice. good. Oh. We're going to do it. Tis the reason. Yes, it's true. All right. So without further ado, uh, one little ado. Uh, If you are accustomed to going to the 11 o'clock comics website, and that is 11oclockcomics.com, and seeing all of the um, artwork which accompanies each episode, I am not going to do that this week because doing so would spoil each each category. So you will not have album. The only thing you're going to have this episode is the album art. You're not going to have any... Uh, liner notes, no descriptive text of any kind other than 11 o'clock comics, uh, 11 o'clock Oscars for 2016. So I'm not going to spill any of the beans. I like it. Nice. Yes. Uh, speaking, and more do do the, uh, speaking of the website, I do believe we will all be back to writing our columns very soon. Yeah, yes. we will. Yes. I've been, um, extremely ne- negligent on that. I have, I'm not alone. I have three Perkin. Exactly, I, and I have I, an interview that I was that com- was completed two weeks ago, and I'm I just owe the interviewee a call to let him double check his responses, and I've been remiss because I went on vacation. Right. And, and on the call. on the flip side too, if you if you people want original content on our website, you're going to have to come and read it. So True. I mean, I want I'm not doing this for a couple thousand people. I want to do this for many, many people. So get your shit together and get to the website. We have real, new, uh, researched and vetted yes. content for you. So come on and share the links. Pass yeah, them around. that's the. I mean, best. it's great that you talk about it in our Facebook group, but share it to your friends and neighbors. Yeah, and criticize. That's the best. Disgust, Come in there. Disgust. If you don't like the way, no, well, I like criticism. If, if there are, uh, things that are erroneous or could have been said in a better way, tell us, let us know. We want to, we want to get in there with you. We, Agreed. Right. So let's do this. All right. Nice. Okay. So for those of you out there, the new listeners, uh, cause we know there are always new listeners, uh, we have 30 categories. And uh, we call it our favorites because it's not the best. The best is subjective. Love that. It's our favorites. Um, and we may also happen to think our favorites are the best, but that's neither here nor there. Um, we will hit the categories. Uh, we will alternate who goes first. But the way it will work is we will first give you uh, the listener's choices in the category. Uh, we'll quickly run through those. And then... We will each give you our choices, and uh, and you know, as you as you may be wondering, we are different than other shows. We do not try and like nominate and then all revote and come up with one person. This is each of our favorites. So in many many categories, you will have three distinct different choices. We, we each we each choose our own, and so sometimes there's overlap, sometimes there's not, and uh, so we celebrate lots of things. There'll be up to I didn't tally, but theoretically we could have 120 different winners. Of, of our stuff, right? Four, yeah. four, four per category if we did it that way. But anyway, uh, first category of the night is favorite comic-related non-comic item. 
So that is, uh, as people wondering, or just some clarity, that is anything that uh, has to do with comics, characters, universes, the lore, uh, but that isn't a comic book itself. So it can be novels, TV shows, video games, movies. It, you know, I would say historically it generally is either a TV show or a comic book, generally. I mean, I'm sorry, a TV show or a, or a movie, but uh, it doesn't always have to be. So our listeners in third place picked the Doctor Strange movie. In second place, they picked the Deadpool movie. And in first place, overwhelmingly, I might add, they chose their favorite, Captain America Civil War. So three movies, three three Marvel movies, actually, interestingly yeah. enough. Um, now, the question is, what did uh, what was my choice? I chose... Uh, I chose the Deadpool film. Uh, probably no surprise. I... I love, love, love Captain America Civil War. In fact, I may go so far as to say that it is the better movie of the two. But, uh, and I love that too, and that would be my choice in, 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 in many years. But look, I mean, I love Deadpool. Y'all know that. I thought it was a perfect interpretation of the character. And uh, I've watched it many times since it first came out, and it still holds up. So really kind of a fairly easy choice for me on that one. That. That's true. Uh, this, I think, is one of those categories where there will be overlap because I, too, uh, I was torn all day. Um, I think Civil War will have, uh, as time goes on, I think a higher rewatchability factor for me based on everything going on. But I saw the Deadpool movie, I think, three times in the theater. Um, it was uh, it, it was hysterical. It was pretty much everything I would have wanted that movie to be. I do. I, I am slightly surprised, not that there was a heavy comic book connection, but um, that uh, Stranger Things did not rate higher on the mm-hmm. rank. You're right, but but yes, the Deadpool movie was my favorite comic related non comic item of the year. I did not expect that. I know you didn't. That's why I, I left the blank. I, I really expected you to say Civil War because of the Spidey appearance. Mm-hmm. It's it, – that had a lot – that that's why it was kind of tough for me. But I, with everything else going – and Civil War is, is, is a, a fun and really just crazy on the senses movie. But um, – I mean, from from start to finish, and and what I got out of it, and and just how much of a story, because it's 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 the first thing. It's pretty much its own thing, and Civil War does have a lot. It owes a lot to what's going on in the MCU leading up to it. So it's it, as much fun as Civil War is. It's not its own standalone thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, I enjoyed Civil War, um, but it does twinkle with that Hollywood sheen. I went with the movie that spoke to my sensibilities, uh, directly to my sensibilities, and uh, that was the Deadpool movie. My it, man. It, it feels like an uh, an indie movie. There, there, it, it's got a lot of Birdman in it, I think, um, where things are done um, off kilter for a reason, and and the, you know the setup is not the rote Hollywood superhero setup. Um, and there's, it, it's foul, it's violent. I, I love Deadpool. I thought it was, it was fantastic. Um, we won't critique Civil War, but there are, mo- there are, uh, sections of Civil War where it's like, you know, it feels like Disneyland, right? 
Deadpool feels like 42nd Street. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like to be. But the good Forty Second Street from way back. When. Yes, yes. So there we go. All right. Nice. Uh, well, Jason took it easy on me for this one. Our next category is our favorite new to me, and because this isn't something that, because the favorite you're new to me isn't something that had to come out last year. It could have been you know you finally read the Kree Scroll War. You finally yeah. read. The first 12 issues was spawn. It doesn't matter when something came out. It's just it's new to you, and it is absolutely one of your most favorite things ever, and you want the world to know about it. Unfortunately, because everybody has something different, we cannot have a third, second, and first place for this. So we're just going to give ours. And for me, um, that was uh, – it's kind of cheating, and I, I said that when – Jason threw it out there for me. I, I'm basically taking it. It's a gimme. But uh, after reading the first trade and not loving it, uh, going back to it a few months ago last year and plowing through 130-something issues, uh, my favorite new to me for last year is The Walking Dead by Robert Kirkman and Tony Moore for Hot Minute and Charlie Adlard and Stefano Guadiano and company. Cool. There's a weird bit of synergy going on between Jason and myself on this category. Did you notice that? Yes, mm-hmm. I isn't, did. Isn't that yeah. cool? Uh, my favorite new to me was inspired by Mr. Wood mm. because I, I would not have been as willing to read it had he not crammed it down my throat. Mm-hmm. So uh, my favorite new to me, and it uh, was one of my favorite titles for 2016 easily was uh, Rick Remender and Wes Craig's Deadly Class. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. <laughs> it's silly. Yes, sir. And I, as giddy as Jason is for Vince's pick, you're going to hear oh, yeah. exact reaction from Vince. That's right. <laughs> Synergies at play. I, too, have to credit Mr. Vince B for uh, – and listen, I mean – I mean, David was a fan of this book too, but, oh, but, yeah. but Vince, is, True. Vince has been the champion of this book. And, um, I finally sucked it up and, uh, read what, 36, 37, whatever, however many issues there yeah, were, the entirety probably. of the run. And I am talking about from Valiant Entertainment, uh, Mr. Jeff Lemire's run on Bloodshot, which is, uh, nice. you know, right from, from Bloodshot and Bloodshot, Bloodshot Reborn to Bloodshot USA and, uh, it's fantastic, and uh, I feel like a dope for having waited as long as no, I No, you don't feel like a but dope. But now I'm current, so it's amazing. It's, it's, it's awesome. We struggle, right? Sometimes we're not in the struggle mood. Struggle is real. Yes, yes. All right, my turn. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. I am responsible for telling you the fan reaction to the biggest news of the year. In third place, the listeners chose Watchmen inserted into DC continuity. Wow. Uh, second place was the untimely passing of Darwin Cook. Yeah. And the biggest news of the year, according to our listeners. Overwhelmingly. Yeah. It's not even close. Was uh, DC Rebirth. I How guess that, I, it's true. I guess actually being uh, good and successful. Um, <laughs> but my choice, I went – Left field again on this one. You went, you went, Vince. I did, I did because um, yes, I was very pleased and um, to to learn that DC 
had actually made Rebirth work and the books were actually good. But the biggest news of the year to me, the one that made me literally jump out of my seat when I read it, was Josh Bayer's all-time comics has landed at Fantagraphics. Crime Destroyer, Herb Trimpey's last work, Ben Marr is involved in this, Jim Rugg. I mean, there's a lot of indie creators doing these superhero books at Fantagraphics. That, to me, number one, biggest news of the year. I'm okay, excited. Respect. I'm excited. Okay. I respect it. I, I went with uh, a little bit more chalk. Uh, I was with the crowd. I, I, I had to give it to DC Rebirth and the success. Uh, you know, DC is no stranger to flip-flopping its universe from is there a multiverse isn't there, what's in continuity, what's not. I mean, it's it's sometimes been a running joke about DC's ability to, to, to shuffle everything up. So I was very skeptical of DC Rebirth. I really thought it was just yet another in, a, in an attempt to to, to you know re, reboot struggling sales and um, and especially after the new 52 you know I mean we were super excited about the new 52 we, we reviewed every first issue of every title uh, on the show and quickly lost our interest in, in much of the line so I was I was very very uh, reticent to get too excited about this incarnation but I love that word. gotta gotta give props though man I it it it, uh, it it worked. At least it worked for for longtime superhero readers like us. It it seems to have worked. They've they've had a year of telling great stories. A lot of the books are still as 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 intriguing and entertaining to me as they were with issue number one, which is not easy. And uh, I am reading more DC off the shelves now than I maybe have in my entire life. So I I have to give it to DC Rebirth and the success. Nice. Uh, mine is pretty much along those same lines. It was. Um wasn't so much just the DC rebirth issue, but it's, it's also kind of DC writing that new 52 ship where they, it, it, things did not, may not have gone exactly the way they wanted since 2011 and, and looking at, at a way to, um, either bring people back or excite the readers again or just, you know, just admit fix, that, fix, uh, fix they, Superman. fix Superman. <laughs> I mean, you know, for some it was bringing Wally West back, um, yep. Yep. But just, you know, I mean, the whole, with Wally coming back and, and, um, the whole thing with, with the kind of connecting it to Flashpoint, just, just not making it that nothing existed before August 2011 was a huge step in the right direction for me. And, and the fact that they acknowledged it and are really telling some fantastic stories out of that DC Rebirth one shot, um, is, uh, is, Makes me smile. Sure do. Excellent. Yep. So, uh, category number four is our favorite character or characters. And the, uh, the listeners went with, uh, the characters, the plural. Uh, in third place, the cast of Deadly Class. Wow. Which was near and dear to my heart, so I got mad love for that. Uh, and we can, you can say without spoiling a revolving cast of that. Um, number, uh, in second place, the, the listeners were enamored, uh, probably as they always are, with the cast of Batman. Uh, and somewhat to my surprise, although probably less so to my brothers in arms, the the favorite cast of characters this year in among our faithful 
community members were the cast of Superman, which uh, surprised me. I, I, yeah. I have to say, but uh, but anyway, that but it is a book that is I think people have wanted to love for a long time, and it seems like they've finally hit a point where people are happy with Superman for after years of not being happy. So look at the the, the winners in that category. What don't you see? Don't see anything from Marvel. You don't see any Marvel. That's true. That's true. And my, I will keep that streak alive because my choice for favorite set of characters is uh, Miss Harley Quinzel and her gang of misfits. Oh, sweet. I um, I have to say, man. I you know I, I know Harley is uh, yeah you know I, I guess uh, I guess I'm just a sucker for the for the nutty characters. I love Deadpool. I love Harley Quinn. But I I think Harley and her her supporting cast are just absolutely adorable uh, and, and engaging. And, and that spans through multiple books. It spans through the main book. Uh, it spans through the little black book. It spans through, uh, you know, um, her and, and power girl when they had their mini series earlier in the year. I just, I, I just think the whole crew of her living in the, in the Brooklyn walk up. And I just think it's been terrific. Um, you know, I, I actually care about these characters, even though they're over the top in caricatures and uh, heck, I even, I even love the, the, the beaver with a hole in his body. It's so, uh, you know, Hey, it's, uh, yep. Harley Quinn and her, and her, and her, her gang. I like it. Uh, I'm going to break from the formula that seems to be going on. And I am just going to say, as far as favorite character is the return of, uh, as far as I'm concerned, the one true Superman is basically just, yes, the return of the, Post crisis Superman. I, these, I'm not going to spoil Vince's, but there are other characters in the book that I don't, um, that I don't dislike. But for me, I, I get to see a Superman book. I am, um, and it's that Superman. I'm very happy. Well, tag team with Jay, with uh, David. I went with the Superman family. Uh, as well, I love Jonathan, and you do. Uh, it's even Lois is very tolerable in yeah. in, in this new incarnation. Mm-hmm. I love what they're doing with um, Lana and Superwoman, and the ghost of that uh, new Fifty Two Lois. I like um, the new Superman, Kenan Kong. I just think the Superman family titles are really on fire right now, and uh, so they got my vote. Beautiful. Yeah. And the Super Sons? Come on. But that's, you know, Superman and mm-hmm. Batman, so we gotta go. Gotta acquiesce to the bat for a little while. But, uh, next category. Okay, this is, uh. I'm stunned that you got this one. <laughs> it's, the, it's the favorite digital first or webcomic. So this could include, you know, your favorite, unfortunately, so Battle Plug is, is, uh, eligible this year, but you have, um, there are definitely um, comicsology has uh, digital first that uh, eventually make their way to print, um, or it like it could just be a web comic like some of you have chosen with um, our our listeners' first place winner. So in third place, speaking of the digital comics, is uh, Injustice. Uh, second place is Bandit. For Monkey Brain and third, I'm sorry, first place is, which I was really happy to see, and I was so close to picking it actually, is 
DWJ's Space Mullet, which I am very happy uh, to see that on the list. Uh, I went with, uh, can you guess? Mine is uh, Menage a Three. <laughs> it's true. That's I, I had a laugh when David said, "You know, they should just rename this category." <laughs> it's the the best Menage a Three web comic of Menage a Three. Uh, <laughs> I went with Menage a Three as well by Dave Zero and our our wonderful friend uh, Giselle Legacy because it's awesome. And to be honest with you, it's the only web comic I read. It's it. I don't read anymore. So. Um, my, my, space model, it's in print. Yes, that's why I don't read Space Model because it's in print. Mm-hmm. But my my choices were exactly limited to one, and it is the very best. <laughs> very fair. Uh, and you guys picking it, well, and David picking it every year makes it easy to for me to look <laughs> elsewhere. <laughs> Just Dick. to give a little little variety in the spice of life. So I went uh, with our good friend and budding superstar, uh, and and guest on the show this past year. I went with Space Mullet, uh, which can be found at www.space-mullet.com. Uh, it is an amazing book about uh, an ex-space marine who is a trucker and his buddy Alpheus, and they get up into a bunch of cosmic shenanigans, and it's just funny and action-packed, and uh, uh, I, I love it the most. So DWJ's Space Mullet to uh, break up the monotony. Cool. Nice. Of, all, of all that hardcore dance that has gotten to be. Look at me. I'm up. Ah, the favorite single issue and or one shot as chosen by our listeners. In third place, nothing. <laughs> Ooh, there were just way too many. Uh, yeah, nobody showed up yeah. for third. Uh, second place, it is the criminal 10th anniversary magazine. Respect. Yeah, that was a great issue. Uh, that was the werewolf one, right? Um, yeah, I love that. Uh, but our listeners, rightfully so, in first place, yes. picked the uh, DC Universe Rebirth by Jeff Johns and a bunch of different people. And since I'm up first, I will say I went with that as well. You and did too? I did. And there was the balls to insert Watchmen into DC continuity. Big score with me. And mm-hmm. two, to have the entire event filtered through Wally West was absolutely perfect. That's all I'm going to say. It is a great first issue. Uh, one shot, it is deserving of the hardcover treatment. I'm going to have to, you know, grab that one of these days. But I, it, it gave me hope. It gave me excitement. Um, and it gave me Superman back. My God. Nice. How could you not love it? You're all reclamped. Uh, I, I strongly considered going with DC Rebirth number one as well, but I went with the uh, with the listeners' other choice of, of of consequence, which was the Criminal 10th Anniversary Special. Uh, it was terrific. Um, you know, it, it 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 paid loving homage to the Marvel Bronze Age with sure. a kung fu style. Uh, tie-in, and uh, you know, I when I went back and looked at what I read for the year, it was the only one shot in my my little database that I had uh, stuff I read that that I gave a ten out of ten when I first read it. So uh, had to go with it. Beautiful. It is beautiful. 
Vince kind of summed up my feelings on it. Uh, I too went with the DC Universe Rebirth number one. Um, just kind of putting everything back and as far as I'm concerned where it should be that it just, um, it spoke to me on a bunch of different levels and, uh, it really was the, it, I could have gone through all the show notes and, and looked over through all the notes I took over the year to find like if anything and it just came close, but it, it would have been for naught. So that is my favorite one shot or single issue of the year. Yay, DC. Good job. <laughs> Indeed. That's the only time you're going to hear that. For real. Uh, all right. So up next, uh, our, our choices for breakout performers. Uh, in third place, uh, one of the aforementioned uh, people contributing to the Superman rebirth, no pun intended, uh, Mr. Jorge Jimenez. Uh, in second place, our readers are loving what this gentleman is doing, presumably and mainly in the Flintstones, yep. Mr. Mark Russell. Concur. And no surprise, really, um, the runaway, uh, like lapping the field many times over choice, uh, with, with nearly a third of votes being cast in his direction for Breakout Performer of the Year, uh, our guest last week and good friend, Mr. Tom King. Who was that again? To the surprise of no one. <laughs> to, right, to, to probably very, fairly anticlimactic. Uh, and uh, fitting that I am starting us off because uh, I, too, uh, had no choice but to go with, with Mr. King uh, in a year where I, I think he uh, had, I would dare say, unquestionably the most well-received, critically, uh, series of the year in, in the vision. Uh, and then also, I think had a very difficult, probably un, probably people don't appreciate the difficulty of being the guy that follows Scott Snyder on Batman. And that could have ended poorly. He, he could have been the Andesenti of this narrative, <laughs> but instead he, in, in, not the DG Chichester. No, yeah. In, 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 instead, uh, <laughs> instead he has managed to take that so book, good. uh, and make it his own very quickly and, uh, and hasn't skipped a beat. So, which is, not easy, uh, and that's to say nothing of the amazing work he did wrapping up a Mega Man early in the year, and then of course the Sheriff of Babylon, which I wouldn't be surprised if we see that as a TV show in the sometime in the near future. So, breakout performer for me in 2016, Mr. TK. And without getting into the whole, we're not we're not talking numbers or the business side of things. Um, for uh, S and G's this morning, I, I looked up the December sales. And I was quite pleased to see, um, Batman issues, maybe five or six or whatever the hell came out or was sold in December, but they're in, they're in the top five and, and 10 respectively. in as far as December sales and I, that, that makes me smile. I mean, there were a lot of DC books in the top 10, uh, rightfully so based on some of those, but the fact that, that Batman was up there just, Made me giddy. Mm-hmm. Um, was amazing in the top ten. Not that I saw. Good. Actually, uh, Justice League Suicide Squad was number one. Number two or three was IVX, the the Inhuman versus X Men, which just mm-hmm. baffled me. But yeah, most of it. But but bummed me out is like Superman is like in the twenties. That's silly. Years. Yeah, that is. 
that, that, that bummed me out a lot. Really but nice. um, this was one of those categories where I'm like, I, I love um, all my picks are, you know, based on what I enjoyed. But there are a few categories where I just it's I, I have to um, show some love. And even if, I'm glad, though, I am not the only one who feels this way about this particular artist since he was uh voted number three and it's it's Jorge Menes. What he has done, I it using the term filling in for Gleason, it does him a disservice. But when he comes in and takes care of Superman issue or two or that beautiful annual with Swamp Thing, it just it I, I my eyes sing. I just I cannot get enough of the man's work and that he'll be doing Super Sons is the main reason why I will be reading that book. He is, uh, I just, I love his line. I would love to get a piece of original art from something he's worked on, preferably Superman, but, uh, that, um, I, I had to, I knew he was getting, he pretty much could only have this category from some, some other guys we can kind of move around and, and like Ben said earlier between, you know, creator or writer, this, but, uh, Jorge kind of just had to go here, and I really wasn't budging. I don't blame you, because I gave a little bit of love, too, in this category. Um, uh, the obvious choice is Tom King, right? For for 2016, and, Tom King, right. And I'm but, glad Jason had him. Right. Uh, and I thought someone, uh, one of us would, So, which is why uh, I think the... the uh, the rising star of 2016, and he's going to just explode in 2017, uh, is Daniel Warren Johnson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially with this um, book that he has for Image coming out, The Extremity, Space Mullet, that Star Trek uh, Martok book that he did was phenomenal. And he was mm-hmm. just like giving it away or, you know, taking tips for it. And he's just so freaking talented, so gracious, such a, a nice person. He is going to uh, – we are all going to be living in Daniel Warren Johnson's shadow in 2017. Even Tom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Uh, all right. What's up next? What's up next is your favorite – colorist um my favorite colorist yours just yours okay uh but first the listeners we have um in third place is mr matthew wilson in second place is betty brightweiser who i'm glad to see on the list and in first place which doesn't really surprise me um but i will say what does surprise me when we're done with this is in first place Miss Jordy Belair. And, um. Wow, I'm stunned. Right? How, did, what, how, what, how does an upset like this happen? I know, right? <laughs> but what surprises me is that. Mm, I know what you're going to say. She was not any of ours. No, she wasn't. That is true. And, and um, another surprise is the fact that I see no Dave Stewart in any of the, the, the listeners' uh, favorites. Well, that, at least not a tough, right? Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. It is, it, but I don't. I aside from anything in the Mignola verse, I don't know what else. I don't know what he was drawing, what he was coloring right. pre rebirth. Anyway, well, uh, I'll be. I'll just be honest with. I mean, I have to say this is one where got huge, huge love for Jordy, but she's reached that 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 Dave Stewart cat status where mm-hmm. I feel like she just gets 
because frankly people don't pay that much attention to color. It's like yeah. she gets the, the award now because she's prolific, and I'm so I, I could have absolutely given her my choice, and it would have been totally legit. But I actively sat down to pick someone other than Jordy or uh, Dave in this category. Like, I think too. I kind of I, I yeah. thought that way too. Yeah, yeah I did too. Because uh, I mean, I think I read most of what Jordy colored, whether it's the the Declan story in All Star mm-hmm. Batman or the Punisher. I mean, I've I've she she's colored a lot of books that I read this year. Uh, but apparently, so did Matt Wilson because that's my favorite colorist of the year, I and mean, he um he's taking care of both Thor books, The Mighty and the Unworthy. He's coloring the hell out of Somni's lines on Black Widow. Uh, I am not current on Paper Girls, but I know he has a hand in that. And um, and he colored the Jim Chung story in uh, Guardians of, the Ga- of Infinity. So he, Roof, he has Roof. colored a lot of um, some of my favorite stories mm-hmm. this year. So, uh, yeah, Mr. Matthew Wilson. Point. Yeah, you know, I have been choosing for this category – uh, craftsmen who are atypical. I believe last year I went with Tom Scholey solely on the fact of his crayon mm-hmm. layer that he uses, which makes he's very distinctive. It's very mm-hmm. unique. Uh, if I just stayed within the boundaries of traditional colorists, I would have gone with Matthew Wilson on this one. Because mm-hmm. I, I think that his work on Unworthy Thor is just impeccable. And he makes, he makes atypical choices with his colors too. He's very ballsy, very risky, and I love it. But I did not go with Matthew Wilson. I went with a, an illustrator who I think is as adept in color as he is in line, and mm-hmm. that is uh, Harrow County's Tyler Crook. Must uh, love. I think, yeah. I like the, I like the uh, out of the out of the box. Thing yeah, he is an amazing, amazing color artist, and it's it, it looks very. Uh, it's it's very free and flowing and watercolory, but he gets nice and dark and dirty when he has to. Uh, and, and again, it gives Harrow County a very distinctive, very unique look. So that's my choice, Tyler Crook. Yeah, I, I like it. I like it. Uh, my choice, um, which came down to the wire, I might say. Yes, it did. Did I, <laughs> screw, I just uh, saw that. Did I screw up yeah. on the order on this one? What's that? Did I jump in on the order? Oh, no, I didn't. Go no, ahead. no, you, you got it. You cool. Got it. Uh, I'm going with a, a relative newcomer to the business. One, I I believe David and I had the good pleasure of meeting at Heroes Con two years ago when he was just getting into uh, the biz. He was uh, coloring at the time, uh, had started as the colorist for uh, Gabe and Karina's Invisible Republic. Uh, very nice fella, but didn't really know his name then other than that Gabe and Karina introduced us to him as he was his their colorist. And um, he has come into his own. I think this is the first year where um, I saw his name in enough places that I felt deserving of shouting him out, and that is Mr. Jor- Jordan Boyd. I like his work. Yeah, yeah and, and I think, you know, it's, it's always like how do you judge a colorist because you got a guy like Dave Stewart who – who has won an ungodly amount of Eisner's. And I would say, you know, most of his stuff is of a similar palette uh, by design because he does the Mignola stuff. Um, then you've got people like, uh, you know, like you, you guys were just talking about, uh, you know, Mr. Wilson, who I think has such distinct colors and depending on the book. And I would say Boyd is in that camp. Um, you know, for those that maybe don't know the name, he has, I don't know if, by accident or what have you, but taking on the coloring duties for a lot of Remender's books. 
Uh, this year he colored uh, pretty much all, if not most, of the issues for Devolution, as well as Deadly Class. Uh, he did, of course, color more Invisible Republic. Uh, he did Astonishing Ant-Man, which, again, that book is is bright, popping colors. Uh, he did some Batman, some all-new Wolverine, which is the uh, the uh, X-23, the Laura version of Wolverine, uh, which I love very much, and that's another very super bright book. Um, so, yeah, just I liked his diversity. Uh, I liked his his varying color palettes, and um, I always felt like when I look at the list of the books he did that uh, the colors were always a plus to all of his books, so... Yeah. I am uh, I'm I'm crowning Mr. Boyd as my favorite colorist of the year. Good choices from everyone on this one. Respect it. Yeah. yeah. I'm up. I have to thank my buddy Jason for bestowing this category on me. Completely <laughs> <laughs> random, bro. Yes, it's the, the the favorite all ages comic. Made for you this category. Oh, yeah, for real. Vince has a doozy. I do. Um, our listeners have a lot of doozies too. In third place mm-hmm. among the listeners was Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Mm-hmm. Yep. Second place went to Lumberjanes. Mm-hmm. But in first place, and it was pretty close. Yes, uh, all three were very uh, neck and neck and neck. But our listeners in first place chose as their favorite all ages comic, Ms. Marvel. It's a very popular book. It is. From what I hear. She's uh, a great character. Oh, I like it, Kamala. Yeah. Um, my favorite all ages title is a, a little book called The Fuck. Focus. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> I, I don't have all ages at all. Really, I don't have one because I have never, uh, in tw- at least in 2016, I have read zero. All but you ages. will. You will in 2017. You'll have, you'll definitely have one contender. Yeah. Are, you're gonna read this when I finish it. Yeah, if if I had to pick, I would. I don't even know if it's all ages, but I would go with SpongeBob from uh, United Plankton. It, it, mm-hmm. I I usually read it, but I have taken a break from it. Um, <laughs> all of 2016. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, next, what David? <laughs> what's yours? Uh, so it's my yeah, it's mine. Okay. Uh, well, okay. I have to say, unlike uh, Vince, I. I read and enjoyed all three of the listeners' choices, Moon Girl, Devil Dinosaur, Lumberjanes, and Miss Marvel. Um, but none were my choice. My favorite All Ages book this year uh, was Giant Days, uh, created by uh, Mr. John Allison, uh, published by Boom. And um, th- this is a book I talked about. I read the first two trades this year uh, and talked about it uh, some months ago. It started off as a webcomic many years back that he then turned into a bunch of mini-comics, which it was then picked up by Boom as a mini-series, which did well enough to then become this ongoing series. And it, uh, it is a book that longtime listeners of the show would probably be baffled to think that I would ever give an award to because um, it is a book about three young college women, including um, one that's pretty much the kind of character I generally hate, which is... Uh, a slacker who, uh, you know, basically has no purpose in life. But I, something about Allison's approach, as well as Lisa Tremaine and Max Saren's art, just captivated me. Um, a couple people that uh, that I know recommended this book, you know, very emphatically, and so I gave it a whirl and uh, and was totally hooked. So um, there aren't many books that I read that are equally appropriate and entertaining for a preteen girl as well as a 42-year-old man, but this certainly fits that bill. And uh, and so that is my choice, Giant Days by Mr. John Allison and Friends. 
Nice. Uh, I was, I like Vince. I didn't really remember too many, um, if any, all ages books that I read uh, last year. I, I knew books that I read that, uh, unlike Vince, that weren't all ages. But um, I remembered recently because I still have them on my iPad. Uh, the first issue, and I'm reading the second issue of. The Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Adventures series by IDW and DC, which um, I kind of, um, I, it's not a hard and fast rule with me, but yes, unfortunately only two issues were published in 2016, but it's still really the only all ages book that I enjoyed Did from you? last year. So that's two what I, enough, well, right? yes, but usually, you know, I'm like, if it doesn't finish or if it barely, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of have, I, I put those, you know, silly, Rules on myself, but I am, uh, no, th- this has been a lot of fun and I'm enjoying it and, and I know Vince will read it once it's completed. Uh, so hopefully he'll have something for next year. Yeah. I see Vince buying a lot of trades in 2017. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. And I see Vince talking mm-hmm. in the third person a lot in 2017. Oh, I, I love- yeah. Well, wait. <laughs> Jason likes when Vince does these things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's Me move. Too. <laughs> It's so <laughs> so weird. Let's move on. It's so strange. So friggin' strange. Okay. Uh, so uh, I'm up next here with favorite cover artist. Shocking. Uh, this one. Always tricky one, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and I'll admit, you know, I feel like when we were young, I I just covers meant so much. Yes. Right. Like because we were going to the store every week and we were. Looking at the covers of the books, and I that was why. that was drawing us in, right? That was that was that was pulling us in, like to decide to try a book or not. Oftentimes. Yeah, and, as much and as I loved, as much as I loved Kirby, a Ramita cover would suck my ass in yeah, all know, the time. And, and back then, the, maybe what David doesn't say, you know, the, the, the covers told a story. Yes, that, yes, there was something you, you'd have thought balloons or or, or right. someone <gasps> shouting. But yes, it, it, in some cases, it could be the first panel or the middle panel. Of a story. Now yeah. it's just pinups and posters. And part of that is the production, right? To how the sausage is made. A lot of times the covers are done well in advance of the book actually being produced and or often the cover artist has no idea what the story is. He's told to do a cover by an editor and it's, it's more about the character. So it, there are lots of reasons for that, not, which is just evolution of comics. So, but, but my point being, I don't pay as much attention to covers, I think, as, as I once did. Uh, and so for me, it's really about what covers I remember because I don't remember most covers. They're not distinctive to me anymore. So when I, when I do remember a particular cover, that kind of falls into the potential winner for this. And, but before I give you, give you mine, let's talk about who the, the listeners, uh, voted for. So in third place, our, our amigo, our, our homie, uh, our, our very current, uh, a very common fourth chair member, Mr. Scotty Young. And uh, certainly most prolific uh, cover artist uh, of the bunch here as well. Uh, and always a worthy choice. Uh, number uh, Coming in second place, just slightly edging out Scotty, I might add, uh, Mr. Francesco Francavilla. Um, and then the overwhelming winner uh, and, and choice of our listeners for best cover artist, Mr. Mike Del Mundo, uh, which I can't, I can't be mad at because <laughs> I tried... I'll be honest. I I, I was fi- finishing up my my votes, filling out my form forms last night. 
uh, when I got back from vacation and there were a few I was on the fence about and I, I did happen to see who you gentlemen had put in for your choices and I was bound and determined to be different on this one. Mm-hmm. And I simply, I went and made a list of all the possible people and I just couldn't not pick this person. Yeah, he's I, a- I kept trying to figure someone else out to, to shout out. And I couldn't not pick Mike Delmondo. Yeah, clear winner in this category. Yeah. The dude oh, yeah. is just on another level when it comes to what he's doing with covers. They're so distinctive, so well composed. Uh, they're just memorable. And the thing that's amazing to me, much like I think he won last year for for my choice as well, because of things like the Electro covers and that sort of thing, and the Weird World the covers. Weird world, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's it's the fact that he's doing these covers sometimes in books that I have no interest in reading. Now, to be fair, he did the Vision covers, which are awesome, uh, and, and that's where I probably, those are the books that I own of his covers from this year, but he also did the covers for Carnage, and I have, I will read almost any Marvel book, but I had <laughs> zero interest in reading Carnage. Wow, but I don't every, get it. Uh, well, I'm not saying it's not a good book. It just didn't pull me in. But every single month, I noticed the cover art in previews that he did. Sure. And same thing with, um, you know, the other work he did for you know over the over the year, which I mean, he he did cover work for lots and lots of different books. But uh, yeah, man. So I, I just got to give it to the dude. He's he's like, uh, I don't know. He's he's the new go to cover guy to my to my mind. He, I'm thrilled that he still does interiors, but but I. He could just do covers. I'd be all right with it. I'm sure he would too. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's no real reason to take up too much time with this one. This is it, it's it's definitely Mike Del Mundo. His, his interiors are great, um, looking good on Avengers. But as far as cover artist, every issue of the event of of the Vision, just it, it whether it was you know him in the trash can, him being arrested. Uh, the mailbox playing fetch with the dog. Yeah, I mean, it's just it was every every division really was for me a complete package between Tom's words and and what Gabriel's art and and those covers. It's just it it and even if you want to call it a fill-in issue by, by Michael Walsh, it just there wasn't a a. Different, a bad spot in the entire right, package. right. The Michael Walsh thing, I think, was a different tone, but it complemented the rest of the stuff, right? And, very and well, yes. yeah, yeah. It was meant to be a different type of story for that issue. It it, it worked within the whole overall uh, telling of the story, but uh, no, I mean, as the, the covers were absolutely. It, Division was a different book altogether that Marvel put out last year, and and the fact that Mike's covers just um, popped and. Kind of just so it wasn't. I, and with us, we knew Tom, and 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 hell, I was going to read the book regardless of of who was going to draw it or do the covers. But the fact that Mike had these beautifully laid out covers, um, it just—I mean, especially in the twelfth issue with the whole family on the photo. It just—it oh man, yeah. I mm-hmm. I would love to see. I want yeah, I, I want a. I, I want a hardcover collecting all twelve issues just so that every. And I want virgin copies of those covers where it doesn't, you know, n- nobody wrote over it. You know, the cover for Vision Number Two, just, 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 just give me twelve untouched pages of of just the covers with no logo or anything, and I, I, I love those covers. You want? I want. This is the first sweep of the eleven o'clock for twenty sixteen. No, because no, it is not. No, it's not though, but it's not. 
No, the Deadpool movie, bro. Oh, this is the second, <laughs> second sweep. <laughs> I, I, first, but okay. I went with Mike Del Mundo again. Gotcha. Yeah, it's it to me. It's the clear choice. I hate him because not only can he draw, but he has an, a phenomenal grasp on color theory, and he knows how to manipulate it to his advantage. We've given him favorite color, color artist, honestly. We could have. Yeah, yeah. And and I'm looking at the the readers, uh, the listeners' choices. They're not bad, you know. Oh. Scotty and Francesco. Um, Scotty is has the edge on Francesco, but even I think even Scotty would admit that Mike Del Mundo is in a a different, a far different tax bracket. Del you know, Mundo, like yeah, Del Mundo's like in the stupid category. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 All right, I didn't get the next category, but I wish I did. David, take it away. Yeah, do you want do you want to swap that? Um, do you want to, swap you, you want to break I, Jason's heart and, and you? Go no, I don't mind. I don't mind. Oh no, I, I would love to do this. Do um, it. Do it. Let's see the favorite horror book. Wow, this should have been mine, but it wasn't. Um, you had all ages, man. Yeah, <laughs> you know, hey, go to my play to my strengths. Play to my strengths. <laughs> Uh, the listeners, this is insane. The listeners in third place <laughs> went with, went, this is insane. went with Alan Moore and Jason Burroughs Providence for third place. Okay. Um, in second place, Walking Dead. Uh, the, the Kirkman monster continues to trudge along. But in first place, and this is very, very interesting to me because I love this book. Um, I'm just wondering how much I love it because it doesn't it doesn't hurt me to see this in first place when Providence is in third. Um, from Cullen Bunn and Tyler Crook, it's Harrow County with a phenomenal gap between the yeah. second place and the first. Like the Walking Dead got six percent of the voters. Um, Harrow County got sixteen. That's insane. Uh, it's a, no, it's really a great book. I'm glad to see it there, but I'm just surprised, right? Uh, are you guys as, as surprised as I am? No, no. I, I, I mean, I, I enjoy <laughs> okay. it, but it's, but no, it's not. It really is. It, it's no contest for me. Okay, um, I couldn't pick anything but Providence for the winner of this category because it is a. Uh, I, I have a love and hate relationship with it. I, I loved it at first and then there was a couple issues where I, I hated it. But then uh, that hate quickly turned to love because um, Mr. Moore fleshed out his his overall plan was was uh, splayed wide for all uh, to see. Has it, has it finished? Uh, the 12th. Go back to it. I think the 12 issue comes in my next box. So it okay. may, I don't know if it was published yet, maybe today, but it, it, the 12th issue, if not this week, will be published soon. Um, and that's Alan Moore, I, Jason Burroughs, and Juan Rodriguez on colors. It's a great work. Uh, boggles my mind that it's, that Moore chose to work with Avatar. It also boggles my mind that, um, Ennis, chooses to work with Avatar. Like, they have a, a lot of high-profile writers at Avatar, but they're known as a tits-and-ass, you know, super uh, uber-violent, sensational... I, I, it's just... It's it's crazy to me, but they're, they're making it work. Go. <laughs> Take the microphone away from me. Uh, you want me to go, Jason? It's no, you're, you're up to... You guys are just going to okay. swap, so you go. Oh, okay. Um... Driving the bus, love it. I no, I'll I'll um, 
I need to get back to Providence. I, I think I stopped the halfway point and I'll, um, so now once, once you tell me it's wrapped up, I'll go back and, and skim the first and then pull forward with the, with the rest of them so we can, we can talk about it. I was thinking about Arrow County as well, but the reason why I went with Afterlife with Archie is because I shotgunned, um, basically issues two or three on and and it just kind of stuck in my mind harrow county i am i I, the the first arc was absolutely astounding and and i need to get back to it now that you know we kind of know well after the first arc who all the players were and um i don't want to um not enjoy what Cullen and, and Tyler are doing. So I need to get back to it. So I, I, uh, I will definitely, uh, it's just as far as this category goes, uh, afterlife just stuck with me more because it's fresher in my mind. Uh, well, uh, in answer to, uh, Vince's question, uh, were we surprised to see Harrow County winning no. the listeners, uh, choice? I, I was not because it, it too was my choice. Uh, and this was a category where I think more than normal, I had lots of things I considered. Um, I think there was a lot of good horror books out this year. Um, I almost picked Outcast. Um, I considered Afterlife with Archie. I considered Sabrina. Uh, but yeah, just in terms of consistency, uh, and just carrying forward the momentum from last, from 15 when they debuted, I had to give it to Cullen and Tyler. Uh, because it's, uh, it's, it's amazing and, and each, each arc has, has, has kept, kept us guessing. So, uh, yeah, so that's my choice. Howard County. And, and it feels like a Mignola verse title, doesn't it? Like, it does. Yeah. Yeah. yeah good point. They could slide right in there. All right. Yeah. David, that's you're up. <sighs> Favorite collected slash reprint comic. Uh, the listeners in third place. The fade out, the Lux hardcover, I cannot be mad at that. That is a, um, that was a great series. Uh, probably it's up there with one of my, it, it's, it's at the top of a, um, Brubaker Phillips creative endeavor for me. I, I, I enjoy a lot of what they do, but the fade out is just something special. Then second place, the world of Adina and in First place, the master of kung fu omnibus. And this was also very close as far as, uh, not quite a three way tie, but very close. So jealous. Um, of people who have that. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Eh. Uh, <laughs> well, not all people. Not all people. Right. <laughs> uh, I, mine, uh, from, uh, the, uh, not quite middle of the year. <laughs> Was, uh, finally the release of the entirety of the collected Wandering Star by Terry S. Wood and Dover Publications. Nice. Had to do it. I don't blame you for doing it. Not one bit. What'd you uh, No, it's my turn. I know. I'm just saying. You. Oh, uh, alright. You guys are switching it off on me. I don't know what's going on. Going on Trump on our ass like a dick. Going on script. On all script. Little hands. Uh, no. So, um, this was one where I'm really glad I kept the notes because when I was, <laughs> no, 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 because when I was going through, I had something else in here, which I would have been happy to have chosen. 
Actually, it was the uh, let's see what it was. It was the uh, the New Mutants. Um, oh yeah. Slipcover. This Sienkiewicz New Mutants slipcover book. Um, because it was the first thing that came to mind, and probably because of recency. But I went back to my trusty little sheet that I kept this year of what I read, and I gave the New Mutants book a nine out of ten. Um, but I gave another collected edition a 10 out of 10, and it was something I read very early in the year, and thus almost forgot about it, but so glad that I didn't, and that is Mr. Adrian Tomine's Killing and Dying. Oh, yeah. Uh, by Drawing a Quarterly. Um, I saw this actually make a number of best OGN lists, and I think that is a uh, shenanigans, because it can't be an OGN if it's a reprint, which is what it is. Uh, it collects works from Optic Nerve, a couple issues of Optic Nerve from several years ago, and it's uh, put together in a beautiful package uh, by Mr. Tomine. And uh, I spoke lovingly of it. It's uh, it's six interconnected stories. Um, and I just, I, I love his stuff, and I, I thought this was one of the stronger collections of the last few years. Um, and uh, like I said, I gave it a 10, so I thought it, it was pretty much close to perfect at the time. Yeah, it's kind of it. hard to score higher than a 10 on a 10 scale. It is. It's, it is. Yeah, it's difficult. But my book does. <laughs> okay. Uh, Wait, did we give two Drawn and Quarterly books? We did. Yeah. We did, yes. Wow. Drawn and Quarterly <laughs> also secured uh, my favorite collected uh, reprint edition, collating all of the strips that this artist uh, and writer had uh, originally published on the Picture Box blog. This is my man, Brian Chippendale's Puke Force. Your man. Oh, I love his stuff. So ragged, so raw. It's visceral. It's 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 in the moment, and nobody save Josh Bayer even competes with Brian Chippendale. But I had to give it to uh, Puke Force. I was gonna give it to um, the collected Joe Kubert Tarzan from Dark Horse, but. They basically just took a lot of stuff that has been reprinted before, mm-hmm. cleaned it up a little bit, made a book out of it, where Puke Force, this is the first time that all this picture box stuff had been uh, under one cover, one hardcover. And they did such a – Drawn and Quarterly does such a beautiful job with their books that uh, I had to give it to, uh, to Puke Force. And I love the name, Puke Force. You do? I do. You do. What's up next? All Jay, right, so- Jason, you got it. Yes, sir. Uh, favorite anthology comic. Ooh. Now, this is usually one of my favorite categories. Yeah, not this year. Um, but for some reason this year, what's that? <laughs> I, said, I said not this year. It's not. Uh, no. No, it wasn't. It was just a year where I didn't read as many anthologies as I normally do. Yeah, I wonder sure why that it, is, though. I don't know. I honestly don't know. I was surprised when I when I looked back. I just I didn't. But uh, but our, our our listeners did come up with with a couple. Uh, in third place, uh, the recently released Love is Love. Mm-hmm. Uh, in second place, uh, certainly put a smile on Vince, uh, Cinema Purgatorio. That's a and good, the, good one. Hmm? That's a good choice. Mm-hmm. And the winner, uh, spearheaded by Mr. Brandon Graham, um, Island. That does my heart so good to see that yeah. mm-hmm. in, in number one. Uh-huh. And I, I strongly considered that because I did read every issue that came out of that. But I, I had to go with my heart here on this one, and I went with Love is Love, um, which just came out a couple weeks back. Um, shout out to Mr. Mark Andreco, 
who was the organizer of the book. Uh, it was a, a, a single issue anthology, uh, co-published by DC and IDW. Yeah. Uh, where the entirety of the book was focused on honoring, uh, and, uh, mourning and supporting the victims and the survivors of the horrific, uh, shooting that took place at the Orlando nightclub earlier in the year. Um, and, uh, you know, again, it's, it's, as the book says, love is love is just a celebration of, of, of the, of the, you know, of, of the, the, the people and the community and, and life in general. And, uh, and it also is for a fantastic cause. So the proceeds go to support the survivors and of, you know, of that, of that, of that horrible mass shooting. So, yeah. uh, that was my choice. As it was mine, I did not read many anthologies last year. Uh, those that I did, uh, really did not speak to me or stick out, uh, to me as the year went on. Uh, this benefits from coming out in December, but, uh, the, the talent involved and the stories that were told, um, were much more, uh, Important and, and heartfelt than uh, your traditional, say, Dark Horse Presents type anthology book. This was, uh, it's, it's unfortunate that a book like this has to be made, but, uh, the fact that a, a tragedy like this can bring people together, um, and, and offer support to those that, that are left behind, um, plays a big part in, in what makes it special to me. Wow. Apparently, I don't have an empathetic bone in my body well, we <laughs> because, I, mean, because I did not go with Love is Love. I went with um, a well, book. Well, you weren't going to read it. Just look at the title. Uh, no, I, I went with a book that was curated by one of my favorite people on the entire planet, Mr. Craig Yo. It comes out from IDW. Did you not see this coming? My favorite anthology is Haunted Horror. They were. Yo. Yes. Where else are you going to see like... Bob Powell and Jack Cole and Andrew and Esposito, Mike Sikowski, Shelley Moldot, like all the Alex Toth. I love him in Monsters Inc. Basil Wolverton. Stop. Uh, Nick Cardi. <laughs> I mean, you're going to encounter the greats of the greats every month. You, it's extra size. It's four ninety nine. It's like read this. If you're a horror fan, read Haunted Horror. I, it just it speaks to me every month. Look at the show notes for 2016 and tally how many times I mentioned Haunted Horror. And it, it's the clear winner for me because oh, I'm yeah. a dick and I don't care what happens to other people. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do. I do. It's just that I'm sorry. Nah, that's all good. I, <laughs> ooh, look this at the one. Favorite. Look at the one that David got this category yes. here. Love it. I do. I wish Another I favorite of Vince's. Yeah. Now this year, yes, oddly enough. Yes, you did have yeah. some books. But year. go ahead. Uh, this is your favorite crime slash mystery comic. Uh, third place, Department H. Can't really complain about that. Second place, Southern Bastards, which is another good one. Uh, and now I'm it's my turn to be Vince because I'm a little perplexed at everybody's first place winner, which is by Mrs. Rubaker and Phillips and Mrs. Betty Brightweiser, Kill or Be Killed. Uh, I think the two are the go-tos. Uh, Brubaker and Phillips, 
at least for whenever the crime category comes up, oh, oh, Brubaker and Phillips, like they, yeah, they, seem, they, to the, yeah. they seem to be the default. But, but then I, why, I, not, why not the volume seven a criminal then? I don't, I don't know. I, I got to be honest. I think that train is is slowing down. At least with Killer Be Killed, I think they're going to have to do a severe change up on the on the approach because it's seeming a little. I don't know. It started off stronger than I thought it was, but it's, but it's absolutely though, right? I mean, it won, right? So clearly, I know enough people. It's are speaking not, of people, yeah, maybe not everybody. Maybe maybe not everybody's reading Department H. They should be. They should be uh, reading yes, Southern Bastard too. God damn it! And I'm right. telling you why, okay. uh, because that's my favorite crime slash mystery book of the year, Department H. Yes, it's not the only time you're going to hear this book for me, anyway. Uh, this is a. Um, it's I, I am. Sadly, it's towards the end of the year. I tend to get um, backlogged. I am not 100% current. I'm an issue or two behind on Department H. But every time I read an issue, uh, I kick myself for uh, just letting it sit there next to everything else before I can get to it. But um, Matt and Charlene Kin are doing an amazing job on this title. Uh, I like the characters that are in the story that they're telling. It's... Um, you know, it's a whodunit, and and those by nature are not um, the, the the concept is an original. It's how you're going to present it, and that is where Matt is shining at the moment. It is uh, it's it the setting and and the, the situation that the characters are. It's just it's a, it's a beautiful looking book, and it's it's really well told, and and just like you did with my management, there are little extra things if you look. In the uh, in the gutters and the borders of the pages, it's it's a uh, it's it's good stuff. And uh, if you are not reading the Parvenage, you really should be. Yes, sir. It's kind of true. Yep. My choice uh, was totally unexpected. Um, I was. I, I, I deliberated Department H or or Killer Be Killed, not in that order. I, I would probably give the nod between those two to Department H. But uh, this book really surprised me, uh, which is why I brought it to the show in 2016. Um, it, it is um, written by Jay Young and Brian Bucciolato, art by Matthias Bergara and Bucciolato on color. It's Cannibal. Mm-hmm. I, it just it resonated with me in a way that the others didn't. Um, it, it's got a tiny sci-fi uh, trappings in the premise with the mosquitoes and the people uh, being infected and becoming cannibals and having to to dine on human flesh to 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 stave off whatever madness. And there's a murder mystery in it, or I think a murder mystery. There's a mystery of a, a missing person in it. Uh, it's it's crime, it's horror, it's a little tiny bit of sci-fi, but it's 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 very unique, I think, in the image canon, and it's it's cannibal. Love it. Uh yeah, man, I I I haven't read that yet, but you you had me order it. I did order it. So I'm waiting it. After your uh, your your touts of it the last few weeks, so I'm looking forward to uh, to experiencing that in the 17. But since I didn't read it in 16, it couldn't be a consideration for me. Uh, this was one of the most difficult categories. Uh, I was very close to picking Department H. Uh, it's an Amaze Balls book by an Amaze Balls creator. Uh, I was very close to picking Southern Bastards because. Uh, it was my choice in this category last year, as well as my comic of the year last year. 
Uh, and I believe both Jason and Jason and the book won Eisner's this past year. Yes. Um, so it's been a banner year for them. The book has continued to be of the highest quality. But uh, I had to say when I when I really thought it through, the book that I just I had to go with uh, was Deadly Class by Stunned. by Mr. Rick Remender and Mr. Wes Craig. Um, I'll just say it's not the last time you're going to hear me mention this book uh, this this evening. So yeah, had to had to do it, man. It's just the story of the of the uh, of, of the kids learning to be assassins and uh, wow. and. Uh, it's it's, it's, it's it's no it's it's uh, surprising to me that I didn't even consider that for this category. Why? Really? Yeah, no, I didn't. What would you consider an adventure? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it, it definitely crosses over. I, I think um, for sure. So yeah, I guess uh, I wouldn't be mad at you for picking it on that category either. But you can't be mad. I, at I threw it into the crime mystery. Nice. Well, they're criminals, so yeah, it works. Well, they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, proof positive that Jason carefully selects the uh, presenter with each category. <laughs> I I have the favorite. This, so you, you still haven't told us why you're mad. You said you're mad. Oh, I'm uh, – let's wait till we get to um, the favorite publisher category and then I'll tell oh. you why I'm mad. But, uh, I am bringing you the favorite nonfiction or historical comic now, the readers, there's a pretty uh, broad spread between these. In third place, uh, Box Brown, I believe, it did the mm-hmm. Tetris, the games people play. Yeah, I haven't uh, read it yet, but I'm looking forward it, to it. Yeah, he's, I love Box's work. Uh, yeah. And he's a brother. He loves the wrestling and the video games, and he's one of yes. us. Uh, Andre and, the Giant. Yes, Andre the Giant. Uh, second place went to Dark Knight, a true Batman story. But... Clearly and definitively, the winner in this, by a whopping 15% of the votes, went to Ad House Books and March. Uh, the trilogy, I'm believing, right? The, no, what came out in 2016? Well, at least, at, at book least three. Uh, uh, yeah. So book three came it's out. It's a top shelf, by the way. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, did I say Ad House? Yes, top mm-hmm. shelf. Uh, I bet you Chris wishes it was uh, mm-hmm. at Ad House. But no, uh, top shelf with March. Um, wow. My choice went to, uh, the only, um, nonfiction <laughs> <Pretty much. laughs> book that I read all year, but it's a great one. It's a yeah. very, very good one. Uh, it's, it's black and dark and, and very depressing, but there's a, a ray of light in it. It is by Paul Dini, uh, Brian Azzarello. It is Dark Knight. A true Batman story. Yes. Loved it. Same here. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, the mine is drawn by Eduardo Riso. And it's, um, it is, a, what? I said Riso, didn't I? You said Azarella. You did say Azarella. Yeah. What is uh, wrong with me? <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. Cause you want to read Love is Love. The, uh, it's, no, it was a, um, I said Azarello. I'm so stupid. <laughs> They're almost an honor. You can't. It just, it, it, it really, double letters, right? Um, yeah. Plus, they work a lot together often. Uh, That's what know, it is. It was a, um, you know, Paul Dini's retelling of uh, some dark days and nights in his life. And um, horrible. Batman pretty much 
saved him. And, and, uh, it's, um, it's not super light, easy bedtime reading, but it's, it's a story I'm glad I read. And it is one of the only, if maybe the only, uh, autobiographical story that, uh, that I read this year. Cause I haven't read March yet. So, uh, that is, it's, I'm, I'm with the, the, some of the listeners on this one and Vince. That means, uh, you, that means you're right. Yes. <laughs> Uh, I too had to say this was a year where, uh, I read one book that I think qualified for this. And, uh, luckily for me, it wasn't a, a, a book out of left field. Uh, I have not read the Dark Knight book yet, uh, although Mr. Rizzo, uh, being involved certainly means I will write, read it at some point. But I did have the chance late in the year to read March volume three. Um, and, uh, it certainly is a book deserving of the accolades. I don't know if it's the first ever, but I know it's the first in a long time graphic novel to actually win the National Book Award hmm. this year. Uh, and it is, uh, it's, it's, the creators are, uh, Mr., uh, well, I should say Congressman John Lewis, um, who is, is the story is about, uh, and then, uh, Mr. Andrew Aiden and, uh, Nate Powell on the cartooning. Um, you know, there's not much more to say other than I think it's a timely book to celebrate as well, given the absolute insanity and uh, and uh, and uh, idiocy of our president-elect in uh, deciding to take this week of all weeks to get into a verbal sparring battle with Congressman Lewis, uh, especially in the more. week that we celebrate Martin Luther King's uh, achievements and civil rights in particular. So um, if you are not familiar with the March books so far, you should do yourself uh, a service and, and, and jump into them. Um, I know it seems like heavy stuff and it is in places, but it's just so well done. And, and Nate Powell really is the unsung hero of this, I think, because, uh, he, he creates a, a really fantastic, uh, visual narrative to go along with what is, you know, very serious and historically important, uh, issues, you know, pertinent to our country in particular. So, yeah, man, I'm, I'm with the, I'm with the audience on this one, uh, in terms of shouting out, uh, Congressman Lewis's tireless efforts, uh, in, uh, the quest for civil rights. Um, alright, so, so jumping, jumping, uh, to less serious matters, our favorite licensed comic, and this is another one of our new categories along with all ages this year. Uh, this was, I forget who requested it. Uh, but uh, someone in our Facebook group requested this as a category, and we all thought it was a, a nifty ad, because lots of comics are based on licensed work, and uh, frankly, lots of them suck as a result, but, but there's also some good stuff out there. Yeah. Uh, so um, our audience's choices were in third place, um, Darth Vader, uh, Marvel's, uh, Marvel's Darth Vader, uh, Star Wars in second place, uh, and then in... First place, uh, not surprisingly, I think, at least based on the vibes I've gotten from uh, our own discussions on the matter, uh, part of the DC Hanna-Barbera reimagining, um, and I think inarguably the best of the bunch, The Flintstones uh, was the audience's choice. Uh, Now, as to my choice, I went with, uh, somewhat surprising to me, actually, I went with Darth Vader. Um... Written by Mr. Kieran Gillen with art by Salvador LaRocca. Uh, number one, this book gets props from me because 
it's got LaRocca actually drawing stuff and not relying on photoref nonstop, which I always thought LaRocca was a great cartoonist until he fell in love with Photoshop uh, and Poser. So we get a lot more of him drawing than we do Poser, which is great. Uh, number two, I I think Darth Vader is a super cool character, and I think that um, this book was just a blast. I think the two arcs in particular this year, uh, starting off with Vader down, were, were a lot of fun, and the only uh, the only of the Marvel Star Wars related books that I managed to stay reasonably up to date on. So, uh, hence my choice for favorite licensed work. And yes, I would have loved to have given this to Mask, but I mean, come on. <laughs> but I couldn't. I mean, <laughs> because only one issue came out. That's why. Yeah, that's he, why. Yeah, that's exactly why. That's good. You wanted to give it to GI Joe, but. <laughs> but they, oh, but they made yep. sure that it wouldn't happen. Uh, I um, wow, this is this is interesting. This is almost like a um, not quite the way the listeners went because Vince had to go and throw a wrench at things. But I um, I went with probably my favorite licensed property. Again, I'm not real current on. The Star Wars books, uh, but I am enjoying every single issue of the Flintstones that I read. And, um, it's kind of a no brainer as far as I was concerned. Yeah. I did not go with the Flintstones, uh, no. for, for reasons. Surprise me. No, yes. for reasons you, really. you, you will learn later. Um, but I went with the book that spoke to my heart, not my head. If that makes any sense. Flintstone speaks to my head. Scooby Apocalypse speaks to my heart. I think, um, even though it is maybe, uh, it's arguably not the better of the two books, but it is the one that makes my heart, um, beat, uh, more powerfully. Keith Giffen, J.M. DeMatteis, Howard Porter, Dale Eaglesham, Ron Wagner, Mark Deering, uh, who else? Jose Marzan Jr. It's just, a, a joy. All them people. It's just a joy to experience every month, even if the characters bicker incessantly. And I mean, come on, it's a it's a Giffen and uh, Dematius book, uh, Dematice, whatever, however you say it. You, you, you know <laughs> that, that you know there's going to be a lot of dialogue in it. You, that that is like before you even pay the cover charge, you know what you're getting. Um, and I love it. I think they're doing a great job with this. So I went with Scooby Apocalypse. I am not surprised. Yeah. You're yeah. up. You're up, Mr. Price. Oh, I'm up. I'm up. Wow. How'd I get this one? Uh, your Jason favorite. obviously loves you. Yeah. Yeah. That's why. Uh, your favorite original graphic novel, um, which is not a collection, no. not a reprint of other stuff, things that have finally been released in this format and your third, Jesus, really third, third place is the art of Charlie Chanhock G. And yeah, that's people are nuts. That blows my mind. <laughs> because they're nuts. That's, that's why. Uh, your second place. Uh, you're gonna have to refresh my memory on this one. Patience. I have no idea Dan, who Daniel Klaus. Oh thank you. Yeah. Uh and uh your first place. Which is I mean it it's solid because it's two of our picks from an earlier category, but no, I would say it's it's even great. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's it's, but I don't know if it's better than. 
Dark Knight, a true Batman story, is your first place winner. And uh, this is, Vince, this is not the first sweep of the night. No, it's the third sweep. Or the second. It's the third. Or the second. I knew it. I'm on it. It may be the best, though. Yes. Yeah. um, I'm going to let you two talk about it in more detail. But uh, I went with The Art of Charlie Chan Hopchi. Yes. um, Yeah, you, you guys talked it up. When, uh, when it was released and for whatever reason, I somehow missed it on, um, through DCBS and I think I don't, at this point, I don't remember if I, um, begged and pleaded with Christina to, uh, to put it on my next order or if I got it from Amazon, but, uh, it was, um, it's, it's a beautiful, I, I still haven't finished it. It's a beautiful thing. And, and I, uh, it's I, I it's not something you can read quickly. Maybe that's why it won third place because it, it not everybody finished it yet and they can't put it as their first place. But uh it's um it's it's an amazing piece of work by Mr. Yeah. Sonny Lou. Yeah. Oh, I'm next. Uh I went with again the the art of uh Charlie Chan Hock Chi from Sonny Lou and Pantheon. I, d- I don't see how you could choose anything else. It's it's a masterpiece. It's a, it's a a work of stunning uh, virtuosity. Is that uh, the pronunciation of that? Uh, he does many different styles uh, from many different genres in this book. It is it is at one time an autobiog- autobiography. It is a biography of the. The area in which he was raised, and it's a, it, it takes comics into it. It's just an amazing piece of work. Like, it, it boggles my mind to, 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 uh, experience the thing and wonder how the hell was this produced? Like, what kind of conception went into the, the, the planning and the execution in this thing? It's crazy. I, I couldn't pick anything else for this one. Yeah. Yep. And as David alluded, it's a clean sweep. Had to give it to you. I mean, Vince talked this up on the first hit. I had ordered it, and then a week or two later read it and was right up with, with him. I mean, this is a book. Whew, I mean, this book is uh, as close to perfection as you get. I mean, yeah. it's 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 a meta book. It's it's you know. First of all, we have. I guess we should say it's by Sonny Lou. We mentioned no, I said. Sonny's, oh no, we did. We oh, did. did you? I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, it, the thing about this book is it's it's one of those things like one guy did it all, but you look through the book and how many different art styles are in there? Right. 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 I mean, he's drawing, he's paying homage to so many different creators and artists and styles over the years. And, you know, it's told as though it's a completely legitimate, yeah. real historical accounting of, of this Singapore based graphic novelist. And, and yet it's completely made up. I mean, every, yeah. every interview, every, I mean, every interstitial, every photo, it's all from Sonny Lou's mind. And it's just unreal. It's just, it's one of those achievements that I just I, I I'm looking on the website now and it seems like it got a lot of accolades, which I'm really pleased to see because I feel as though this book wasn't read by nearly enough people this year. No, you're right. Uh, you're exactly yeah. right. So, yeah, I mean this th- this book probably should have been in 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 my short list uh, or the winner of my comic of the year uh, as well. Really, if I'm being honest with myself, you but. could change it. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's all good. It's good. It, it, it deserves all the accolades we gave it, though, for sure. Cool. Well, look at this. I'm up. 
What you got? I am going to tell you the favorite limited series among our <laughs> listeners. Now, it was a three-way tie. They didn't really jump on this category like it was hot. Uh, <laughs> no, they didn't. 2% very diverse. Very diverse. Yeah, 2% of the people uh, voted for, uh, this is the tie, Jupiter's Legacy 2, House of Penance, and Lake of Fire. Hmm. Um, this will surprise zero people. <laughs> <laughs> How can it be? It hasn't finished it, guess. I know. That's besides I know, the point. I know. I know. I know. I, 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 pure there joy. There's no other way. Yes. Uh, I went with Dark Knight 3, The Master Race, by Azarello and Miller and Kubert and Jansen and Sinclair and, and everybody involved in this thing. Uh, pound for pound, page for page, it has given me the most joy in, in 2016. Mm-hmm. Not only for what it is, but for how I can use it, for how I can use it to, to yeah. stoke the, uh, the fires of my, my two, uh, compatriots here. No doubt. No yeah. Doubt. Yeah. Not only for nice. what it is, but for what it could have been. Uh, oh boy. This is, um, whoa, son. Yeah, you can't poop on him. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not not trying to step by Jason. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Dash is plowing ahead. He's going for it. Oh, oh. Okay. Uh, my choice here, uh, favorite limited series. Um, I went with Tokyo Ghost, which, uh, this is one, uh, I came up with like eight or nine that, and I, I gotta say, like, it wasn't like one ran away with this one for me. So, I ended up going with Tokyo Ghost, um, which written by Rick Remender, uh, in art by, by Sean Gordon Murphy. Um, I just, uh, yeah, I mean, this book was, was, Remender really can't do any wrong for me. Uh, so, True. um, but this, this was, you know, this was their, the book was, was drawn and written as though it were a sci-fi action movie. But it was really a book about the criticism of the way our society is turning into a digital society where we are just obsessed with the consumption of things to the point where we can't even focus on real life anymore. So it was a a relatively on-the-nose criticism of the very real way our society is moving. And the irony is not lost on me that I'm speaking about this on a podcast that you're likely listening to on your mobile device. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, but, but, but drawn in a, in 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 the way that few cartoonists alive can do it, like Sean Murphy can do it, um, which is just beautiful, beautiful action-packed visuals. So, um, you know, it, this was a tough one because there were a lot, lot of, lot of things that could have, depending on the day that I I finalized my balloting, could have could have filled the slot. But ultimately, I did go with with Tokyo Ghost. I did not even know that that was a, a mini series or a limited yes. series. I didn't. What yes. is it? Twelve issue limited series. Twelve issues, yes. Which I know wow. Dave, David is cringing because twelve no, issues. See, is- okay, no. Now let's let's my 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 whole thing is it's if if it's going to be because and and it's funny that you know I'm going to harp on this in a year that uh, the following award year the fucking Martian wins for best comedy, but the my 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 whole point about limited series is is how it's marketed and 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 you know. It, I I found it hilarious when you discovered that the fade out won an Eisner for 
best limited series. And which, I mean, even <laughs> through your table up. This dude, I seriously did because that, that to me, which it's just, it, it reinforces that whole Martian winning the comedy thing because even I, Ed had a beginning, middle and end in mind, but he did not know it. It was a minimum of 12 issues. When it ends, it ends. And the first right. and, and last issues were, were, were 40 pages exercised, whatever. So it could have gone longer, but it, the thing is, it wasn't, I mean, at least to me, as I'm reading it, I did not know that, because I wasn't reading the interviews, that it was designed as a, I mean, there's a difference between finite and, I mean, there are, we know Department H isn't, um, it, it, it's an ongoing, mm-hmm. but it's, it's finite. Uh, Matt has an ending and, and, you know, in this case, it's like 24 issues, but that, to me, that's not a limited series. So I can't see that winning a limited series in 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 a year and a half. But yes, okay. So I, I, I think the 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 designation has little meaning now, where it had more meaning in the past when you had series that would go on for hundreds of issues. Right, they were unlimited. They were ongoing. Where even even Secret Wars, which was a twelve issue series, was limited. Right, but it was. But but that was you knew that going in. That it was right. I no, I get where you're coming from. I just, but I mean, if you're just like, yeah, I'm going to tell you a story, and I'm, it's going to end around issue 32. That's not a limited series. Well, even Sandman was a limited series, right? Because Mm -hmm. Gaiman said, "Hey, I'm going to end this around 50 or 60 issues," but it was still an ongoing. Right. Yeah. So that's not a limited. So that can't win. That, 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 that's my thing. Is it? So no. If Tokyo Ghost is like, if if Rick and Sean were like, hey, it's a limited series. And it might be eight, but if you knew that going in, I, for me, I did not know the fade out was limited. I did not know it was marketed. I did not know that Sean was like, yeah, that, I didn't that, know it was either. Ended. Right. And so once I get to like the eighth issue or whatever, and they're like, yeah, yeah, we're going to end at 12. And to me, I didn't even know because of the way I read it. I did not know that 12 was the last issue. I thought it went on to like, you know, 16 or 18 issues. So that, mm-hmm. that's on me. Boy. But yes. So Tokyo Ghost. Jason's favorite limited series of the year. Mine is uh, the, basically going back to the whole return to greatness thing is the eight issues from Dan Jurgens and Lee Weeks, Superman, Lois and Clark continuing the story told in the convergence event from DC and, uh, and, and giving us a way to bring the post crisis Superman and Lois and their baby to the post flashpoint new 52 universe. And it was, um, it allowed us to, uh, it, it, it paved the way for us to get the Superman and action comics series that we're getting now. Yeah. It's a love letter is what it is. Pretty much. And I, and I, I worship the book because of it. What do, what do we have next? Jason has your favorite new comic. Mine, mine. I don't know. Yours. Just yours. Our favorite new comic, always, always a big one. Um, the the listeners just love this goddamn book this year. Loved it. Their their winner for favorite crime mystery book was their third place choice for favorite new comic, Kill or Be Killed, by uh, Rebecca Phillips. Their second favorite new comic. Uh, by Messieurs Remender and Opeña, Seven to Eternity. And their top pick, and I got nothing but love for them for this, yep. for their favorite new comic of the year, 
by Mr. Jeff Lemire and Mr. Dean Ornstrom. Uh, Black Hammer. So I uh, agreed with them in part, although <laughs> my, uh, my, my order, if I were doing a top three, may have been switched around a little bit. But um, my favorite new comic of the year, and uh looks like we've got another clean sweep, uh, was Remender and Opeña's Seven to Eternity. Yes. Uh, we have spoke lovingly about this book so far. Granted, we are putting a lot of faith in these guys because we, we haven't had all that many issues yet. But the visuals we've gotten in the issues we have had and the depth of the story and the world building that Rick has done uh, make this one a pretty easy choice for me this year. Yeah. Yeah. It's no reborn, but it's pretty, it's pretty damn good. <laughs> oh, damn. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, like you just said, Jason, it's, it's, it's a lot to put on their, their young shoulders being only a few issues in. And maybe, maybe in our 2017 old class, cause we'll have 31 categories and, and it'll be, one of them will be the biggest letdown of the year. But as of right now, <laughs> wow. Um, keep it up, Pete. It's, I'm trying, man. Uh, waiting for you to talk. So the, the seven to eternity love continues with me. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's a gorgeous book. Uh, and it is, um, it's, you know, Remender is just a writer who, um, like Lemire and, and, and a few others like Jason Aaron that can kind of, uh, be very Alan Moore in their approach where you, it does not feel like Deadly Class, and it doesn't feel like what he was doing with Uncanny X Force, and it didn't. You know, it's it's Remender's just writing a different story, and it's fitting for these characters, and Jerome is bringing them to life in such a way, and and it is, uh, it's it was my absolute. Once once we saw the pages for this coming, it um, there was very little for me to say that it. Uh, we didn't get a lot of issues from it. But it was it, it it was strong out the gate and and continues to be. Yep. Yes. Yep. Um, in this guy's opinion, comics should fill you with a sense of wonder, and nothing did that more than Seven to Eternity last year. Agree. Every page was like, "Oh my God, look at this!" And the double page spreads, and it's like, "Oh, you grab your head because you can't conceive of like a human being actually producing work of this quality." Mm -hmm. And just it eliminates, it, it pulls you out of time. It really does. You when you when you read Seven to Eternity, you're in that reality, and it's just, man, this is so great. I had to give it to uh, to that book, Seven to Eternity, just in case you weren't listening. Just, just in case you didn't hear about the sweep. Yeah. Sweep, sweep, sweep. sweep. Number four. <sighs> sweep, pretty sweep. Your favorite, yours, Vince. Favorite adventure comic. Woohoo. Uh, this one was, this is one of those categories for me where, um, it wasn't just, you know, it could have been a superhero book. It could have been, uh, couple of different things and and uh for me it well vince kind of gave it that nod before but my favorite adventure book just because i mean balls to the wall from 
one page to the next. It's it's fast paced and it's moving, uh, and and it really does not let you catch your breath. It's deadly class. Wow. Which was second? Mm. Which was second among our listeners? Thank you, bro. Yeah. See, I, I turned to the other tab, so I'm going to okay. I'm going to let everybody know they're third. In third place, your favorite adventure, and this is a good one. Is uh, is Future Quest? I would uh, I would have picked that. I, yeah, I would have. Did you see the Ariel Olivelli issue? No. Oh my no. god! Oh, no, I, this is another one where I'm I'm always behind. Me too. Uh, the second place like Vince just said was Deadly Class and your first place which I can't you know I can't really complain on this I'm not current which seems to be my match for tonight but it is also from Image Paper Girls and uh, that was um, wow it, it between second and third it was kind of close but Paper Girls really pulled out ahead so uh, do I need was, to get on that book like is it that special that it beats it's out really the, good I, I do think it it's on the verge of not being your, your rally though but see, but he he dug. Well, no, I don't. Want, I'm not comparing it to Stranger Things, but it's it's that era. It does have that vibe for sure. Yeah. So, and 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 Chang is strong, but yeah, no, I I um, it's wait, it is. Wait, Cliff Chang is strong. Yeah, yeah, he's the current. He, he won the shit. Eisner for this. He won the Eisner for best uh, cartoonist yeah. this year for it. So, yeah, I got to get it. Yeah, I'll, well, I'll be I mean, having a lot of money for- to spread around. Uh, my 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 uh, monthly orders now, and uh, you know which will tie oh, yeah. which will tie into mm. the, to the publisher. Here. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> root, root. Hey, I'm up. What's your favorite adventure comic, Bill Vance? Oh, my favorite adventure comic. Yeah, we just completely fucked up this guy. We did. Up. That's okay. Um, I went with Weird World. For this oh, one. Hunt. Yeah, volume two specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's Mike Del Mundo, Sam Humphreys, who picked up the mm-hmm. reins after Jason Aaron and just did great things with it. Um, the, again, uh, leaning towards the visuals on this because Del Mundo just completely wrapped you in, in otherworldly visuals. Um, Sam Humphreys could have just, you know, did a soft shoe shuffle on the corner and it would have still been great, but no, Humphreys brought it. It was, it was a really great book. So, um, Weird World got mine. Volume two. I can't, I cannot be mad at that. No. Right. Um, uh, I strongly considered Department H in this one. Um, although it probably was better crime mystery like we talked about. Strongly considered Future Quest, but unfortunately I am behind in that. So didn't feel right. Gave a lot of thought to uh, Black Road by my cousin and and the yes. boy Gary Brown. Yep, yep. Uh, really enjoying that book quite a bit. But for me, uh, it, uh, it it all came down to uh, Seven to Eternity. So back to back categories here. I'm giving that book. Um, and again, I realize we're new here, but the book that I feel like in the few issues we've gotten so far from that. I got more out of those issues than I did out of a lot of series that I read 12 to 18 issues of this year. Concur. So, yep. yeah. Yep, yep. So that, that's my choice. That's that, that is strong because you, you did enjoy, well, I'll wait for Vince to go on his little rant before I jump on something because it'll probably tie into other things that we're going to talk about. But is Seven to Eternity the first from one of us that has double wins tonight? 
that you picked twice. I know that we. I think there are a couple of things that we picked twice of, but yeah. we haven't gotten everything yet. Um, I'm not very good with the tabulation, but it appears to be so. Yeah, because that was our. Uh, I'm looking. Yes, that this is the it's the first repeat winner so far. I, as you said, I think we may have a few more once we get all said and done. But yeah, that is the first repeat winner so far. Nice, yeah. good for that. All right. So okay, I'm up. Back away. Uh, favorite sci-fi <laughs> fantasy comic. This is a great category. Thank you, Jason. Must have been luck of the luck of the draw. From the listeners have spoken up on this one. Uh, in third place, wow, what kind of a massive cast of of of, of uh, world class creators do you get when your third choice is Descender? Seriously, wow, that's that's crazy. With nine percent of the voting. In second place, what? Seven to eternity with 10% of the votes. And in first place with just 1% more than the second place. And rightly so, because I think I'd be hard-pressed to pick between these two books too. Uh, Black Science was the so, listener's choice for the – what? It's the image sci-fi and fantasy comic. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> That's funny. Well, they do have that market cut for Oh, yeah, for real. <laughs> Black Science got it. Uh, myself, wow, uh, I bet you didn't expect me to say this. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite by far, like number two, number two is in California. Number one's all the way over in New Jersey. Um, Omega Men. By Tom right. King and Barnaby Baginda and um, who else did did stuff on uh, oh Toby Cypress yes and yes. Romulo mm-hmm. Fajardo Jr. and it's just a freaking amazing book. It's a limited series with twelve issues. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going there either. Limited series don't count, man. But I was waiting I, you, for it. I, I, wish, I wish you talked about this book this year. Great mm-hmm. Omega Men. There's nothing better as far as sci-fi goes in in 2016. <laughs> F you. Well, listen, I, uh, I I can't besmirch Omega Men. No, I can't. This was without question the hardest category for me. Oh, really? We talked a little bit about this year being a different year for me. This was a year where the vast preponderance of books that I loved and read consistently would have fit into this category in some way, shape or form. Uh, you got saga, you got ether, you got seven to eternity, you got devolution, you got east of west, you got, I, I hate fairyland, you got weird world. Um, you got, uh, even like, you know, like how to talk to girls at parties. Uh, mm. You got, uh, of course, Black Science. You've got Descender. You've got uh, the Snowpiercer OGNs that uh, Hassan gave me. Wow. You've got Bitch Planet. Um, just honestly, this was by far and away the type of comic I enjoyed reading the most this year. Um, wasn't even close. So this was super hard because um, I, I would say if I was giving, if we each did a list on the website of our top 25 books of the year, Probably half of them would fit into sci-fi fantasy for me this year. Yep. Um, so with that said, that made choosing the winner very, very difficult. And, uh, and so this book probably deserves to stand above my other choices in the genre categories because it was my favorite of my favorite genre. 
And uh, ultimately, I, after much consideration, had to give it to Mr. Lemire and Mr. Nguyen on Descender. Uh, I think it's an impeccable book. It's it's a book that one of the great things about this category is you know comics can be an a, a big budget. You know you can have a three trillion dollar effects budget in a comic, and I felt like this book captured the kind of fun and and adventure and 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 whimsy that things like Star Wars made me fall in love with as a kid and. And and things like uh, you know like uh, Firefly and I just I love that component. It had some Battlestar Galactica and it just just really well done. You can see Jeff's got a massively big picture that he's going to pay off over the course of the book, but it didn't come at the expense of, of 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 individual moments. And while I think lots of people are very good these days at creating those crescendo moments at the end of an arc, Jeff I think gave readers a better service in that he created those crescendo moments at the end of most issues. And that's a forgotten art, I think in today's wait for the trade world. So, uh, yeah, man, I just, I love this book the most. And so descender. I can respect that. I can too. Um, I leaned toward the fantasy aspect of this category and no shame in your game no had your, to, um, your choice was really good yeah mm-hmm. it was uh, thank you um, I, I had to show this book love uh, somewhere that seemed kind of fitting uh, the mighty Thor has been I, I caught up on it last month and it has just been killer from the first issue uh, with uh, Loki returning and 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 being up to his usual ways and Thor versus Odin and then um, just dealing with with Shield agents who think they know who Thor is and it's just it's been the the the, the tale Aaron is weaving with with Thor is is just unbelievable but uh, Dowderman and company and there was this one issue Vince you're gonna love. The issue that basically is the secret origin of Mjolnir because it's, it's illustrated by Fraser Irving. It just looks phenomenal. Wow. But, uh, what, no, what issue number was that? Uh, nine or ten. I'll, I'll let you know. Hmm. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun. There's the, the whole, um, War of the Realms about to take place and, and, uh, the, um, the fairies and, and the, 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 they wear boots. Other worlders of, 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 uh, the other realms that, uh, Aaron brought us when, when, uh, Odinson was still Thor and had his band of merry men, um, they're back and, and ready to take on Malekith. And, and it's just, it's, there is a, it's, it's going to be, it, it feels like, the, the the big sprawling epic that you know Simonson was ramping up to tell and 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 where you had you know Surtur and, and the whole thing with Balder and there's just there's Aaron just seems to have with everything else he's doing whether it's 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 Doctor Strange or Southern Bastard or everything else this is just this is his own little corner and and it's just it's it's growing and it's it's heading somewhere you got unworthy Thor. Um, We'll, we'll 
that is going to tie in and it's just he's he's written over 50 issues of Thor now between the ongoings and 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 the Thor's miniseries that tied into Secret Wars and uh he's he's got something I want to say he's got something planned he's had it planned but it's just it's it's been an unbelievable ride and what I caught up on has just blown me away and and if uh if you haven't been reading it you really, really should. And I was quite pleased that, uh, there was no Civil War two times. I didn't have to take a break and, oh, lucky and him. go somewhere else. Yeah. No, it's just been, uh, it's just been straight up Thor. It hasn't, you know, it's not like th- they do mention, uh, the Avengers because shield agents find text messages between Jane Foster and, uh, Sam Wilson. But I mean, other than that, it, it's not like, you know, you have to read. Wade's Avengers to catch up what's going it's just it's it's self-contained and it's it's a wonderful ride so the mighty Thor was my favorite sci-fi but mostly fantasy book of the year respect it all right we're moving we're moving under the home stretch here we're I guess you would say the the big categories if you will now the the big sweeping categories um we're pretty lean this year what do you mean the, 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 the with the Oscars usually we go like yeah, we're we're on it. We're we're, yeah, trim, we're trimming keep, the fat. Yeah, trying to keep it going, man. Yeah, that's all right. Um, so up next, our last genre category before we get into the the omnibus, if you will, creator and comic categories. Yeah, this is the favorite, and it's fitting that we saved it. I, it was by design to make it the last genre because let's be honest, it's still the Fair. engine that moves the car of the industry. You bet. That is our favorite superhero comic. Love that of analogy. The year. You're pretty smart. Sanka, Sanka so much. Um, so the there were lots, as you can imagine, it's the biggest genre. So there was, there was a tremendous amount of diversity in both. There were over a hundred different books nominated for its category by our listeners. But uh, all three of the top three, though, did manage to get at least ten percent of the vote. So it was a very much a like a hub and spoke category this year. It seemed um, in third place. Our listener's choice for favorite superhero comic was uh, Mr. Tom King and Gabriel Walta's The Vision. Uh, in second place, uh, What a Year the Kids Had, uh, also by Mr. Tom King, with uh, art by, let's see, David Finch, uh, who else? Uh, Riley Rossmo. Michael Janine. Michael Janine. Uh, Batman. And in first place, Shocker of Shockers, uh, the favorite superhero comic of the year for the EOC community is none other than the original superhero, Mr. Clark Kent, a.k.a. Superman. That's nuts to me that that won. I'm so know, happy. Finally. It is, uh, it is impressive, I have to say. And, uh, um, I did not go with Superman. Yeah. Of course not. I would you were. <laughs> Um, I surprised myself with who I went with. And it does, again, speak to a year it was, because uh, uh, I make no bones about the fact that I'm a Marvel zombie. I read Marvel comics for 20 years and didn't read any other comic, pretty much, uh, until, uh, you know, about 12, 15 years ago when I started broadening out. But either way, it's always been my first love of comics. Even this year, when I think they had a really down year, I still read probably more com- more Marvel comics titles than I read any other book imprint. Um, yet my favorite superhero book this year was from the other side of the, of the big two. And that is DC Comics, Harley Quinn, written by Mr. Jimmy Palmiotti and his lovely wife, 
Miss Amanda Connor, with art primarily by Chad Hardin, uh, although not exclusively. Uh, man, I just love this book so much. You know, honestly, uh, I made the illusion earlier to this and Deadpool, and I see a lot of parallels. And this is one of those books where I'm sure for some they hate it because it is an unapologetic humor book. And, um, you know, for me, I like this better than I like what's going on in Deadpool now. And for the same reasons that I used to love Deadpool, I love this book. It's always surprising. The humor's sharp. It actually makes me laugh out loud. Um, it's just creative and it's action packed and it's got a little bit of, of just the right amount of, sexual innuendo and, and, you know, sauciness, but it's not like over, over the top. It's, it's, it's just, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's titillating, but, but not, you know, overt. I just think it's, it's a perfect humor comic. Um, and I, I could just as easily lump this in if the category allowed it to include things like Harley's black book and the like as well. But, you know, for the sake of staying true to the category, I'll just stick with the main Harley Quinn title, but, I just I loved that character and pretty much everything that Amanda and Jimmy did with her this year. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I'm going to be a Neesman. If you don't dig on what they're doing in Harley Quinn, I don't want to know you. <laughs> yes, I, I think Neesman would say you just hate fun. <laughs> you, you you hate fun, right? Uh, but all surly like. Uh, well, um, the. I'm one with the listeners because they know what they're talking about. And I uh, went with Superman this time around. Um, I've said it. I will continue to say it as long as Tomasi and Gleason and company are doing great things with the character. And, and that includes Jurgens. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, um, the Superman is just, it's, it's the, the, the main Superman book, the newly relaunched Superman, uh, is what is, um, it's, it, it's making me smile right now. There's just, there is nothing, um, yeah, even, there hasn't been a, even when you think things are slowing down, you're gonna let you catch your breath where we're on, you know, Monster Island where the losers were last seen or we're seeing Frankenstein's monster or it's just, yeah, it's it just Frankenstein. Yeah, that's different for that character. It's just Frankenstein. He's just going by the family name? Yeah. All right. Uh, so, you know, that. You're character. right. But it's, it's, um, it, no, it, it's, Vince can say it a lot more eloquently. No, I can't that because was. I'm just going to give you a big hug in brotherhood and say we picked the right choice for this category. And I <laughs> too went with Superman. They the the red boots are coming back. It's only a matter of time before the blue the red undies come back, and then our Superman will be completely and totally back. But for everything that um, Slot and company are doing wrong with um, Amazing Spider-Man, uh, Tomasi and company are doing right with Superman. Just the publisher. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, it it it. It tickles it, it it plays my heart strings like like a like a beautiful harp. Super Superman is so good. So there you go. I, I went with Superman. And, and and David's up for wow. How'd you get this category? Big, yeah, this this is enough. Big yeah, this I think you're enough. sleeping with the person who I, does I, the, the Italian. I think this is the first year where I'm not getting the next one actually. 
Uh, Shows you how ran- I really did truly generate this randomly. Jesus. Okay. We need a fourth co-host. The, um, oh, <laughs> your favorite penciler. And these are some pretty pretty solid choices, actually. Uh, third place, James Harron. Rumble is a beautiful looking book. I, yes. I cannot um, cannot slight anybody nope. anybody's choice there. Much respect. Uh, Russell Dowderman doing beautiful things with the mighty Thor. And your first place penciler, favorite penciler for 2016 is uh, pretty much by a wide margin is uh, Mr. Jerome Opeña. I am not stunned. Mm-hmm. Not stunned at all. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm kind of not either. Um, yeah. That's a, uh, that is a good, strong, solid selection. Uh, can't really complain about Opeña. One of us might have even picked him. Uh, that person, though, is not me. Um, <laughs> Keeping up with that Superman love. Now they know uh, who it is. And, and, <laughs> <laughs> no, they will. They will. Very in the lead. Second, um, is uh, uh, on Vince's request, uh, I decided to flip through some of last year's Robinson of Batman issues. Uh, and on top of the beautiful work Mr. Patrick Gleason is doing on Superman, uh, made it a no-brainer for me to right. give him the nod this year. Now, if you could only read Robin, Son of Batman, instead uh, well, of just flipping through it. I w- well, I wanted to flip through it to see if he'd so make good. it for my pencil. There were there were two artists who were up for my favorite penciler. The one I gave it to and someone who... Um, I couldn't give it to not because of output, but just because of um, uh, the not consistency is the wrong word, but just what what Gleason was doing um, felt stronger to me. Spoke spoke to me more than the person who uh, I believe I'm going to hear from next. So. I'm glad this person made it on the list. Cool. My choice for favorite penciler, and it was a tough one, because um, if I if I shot from the hip, my my gut reaction was to put Patrick Gleason in this category, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I I'm giving the favorite superhero book to to, to Superman, so that encompasses the Gleason and that base is covered but there's a whole another base that's that's exposed and not getting a whole lot of love and that is Chris Bocello on Doctor Strange when you can make me say audibly out loud wow when I open the book and I look at a spread or it's like holy crap uh, yeah, design and rendering and just his, his, uh, joy. You could, there's a joy of life in Doctor Strange, uh, that Bocello brings. And I just, I, man, I love the guy's work. So I gave it to him. Favorite pencil. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I really can't be mad at that at all. Nope. My choice, um, you know, considering that, uh, there are far more artists out there than writers, just in the sense that, you know, a writer can do what five, six books a month sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, a penciler can do one book a month if he's lucky. Two if you're John. Uh, yeah, an inker can do what maybe two or three books max, maybe. So really fast. Um, 
So it's it's a much broader category, and so it's with some irony that I seemingly pick the same artists every year or two. Um, but just something about this guy. Um, I don't know, man. He's always captivated me from when I first saw him on Fear Agent. And uh, this year, he I would dare say he's never looked better, and that is Mr. Opinion. Uh I just, uh, my jaw's on the floor when I look at these Seven to Eternity pages. Um, you I want them, that, don't you? I do, I do. <laughs> you the the wife does not want me to have them. Like that. <laughs> That's okay. Um, but either way, I just think that uh, the man's, the level of detail uh, that he puts in, but like he just doesn't do anything wrong. Proportion, scale, horizon, layout, creativity, motion, emotion. Uh, he does it all. And uh, wow, that you. is not easy. So I just think he's, without question, one of the best in the business um, pretty much year in, year out. And uh, this year it was just I, I couldn't go any other direction. There is no shame in that, my brother. Respect? No. Um, and here's the category Depp should have had. I am up for... But you're up. I am. For the favorite... You, you want this category, Depp? You can do it. We can switch. No, I just went, man. All right. Favorite Don't anchor or pencil or anchor. That's somebody who does it all. Um, the listeners have spoken, and in third place, they went with Sean Phillips. Okay. Second place, uh, the nod went to Wade Von Grabadger. Mm-hmm. Good. And th- uh, first place, Danny Mickey. Not surprising, really. It's not surprising. Considering considering the work he's – the books he's worked on. Right. Very high-profile books. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, I just uh, – did away with the whole inker part and went with pencil or inker. One person who does it all, and for my money, very very few people do it better than Matthew Allison, the creator of Cancor, uh, the Calamity of Challenge. Mm-hmm. There's just um, uh, the old adage: I don't know uh, art, but uh, I know what I like. Well, I do know art. And, and I also know what I like. And uh, Allison's work, he speaks to me on a Bronze Age level that mm-hmm. that very few craftsmen uh, approach these days. He is uh, quickly uh, climbing that ladder towards uh, Wrightson, Wrightson uh, level. And he's just he, – no, seriously, he's amazing. Now, he is amazing. He is. Uh, he is. Uh, Matthew Allison. F you wow. if you don't agree respect. with me. Yep. No, I respect it. Um, I, uh, I know I, I, we're probably killing that because we, we, we seemingly always choose every year. I, I, I end up choosing a pencil or inker. Me too. Straight up inker. Except one year I did the. Uh, I, I mean, I do appreciate Mark. you still putting it on here. Yes. One, one, <laughs> one year I did give it to Mark Morales, but I think most years I, I choose someone who basically inks their own pencils. Uh, I've given it to Mahmoud before. I've given it to anyway. I've given it to lots of people, but uh, Scalera. But this year, um, running theme here. Uh, but uh, got to give it to Wes Craig. Yeah. Uh, there's no. How do I say this? There's no uh, book. When I look back on the year, that I remember each issue and specific pages and panels from. Every issue I read 
There's no other book this year, I think, that can fit that. Uh, at least, uh, I mean, maybe Seven Eternity, but that, that, we've only had a few issues. But I mean, in terms of a book that was coming out all year, that in my mind, like it's fresh as as, as yesterday, uh, then Deadly Class, and uh, you know that is visually all Wes, you know, uh, other than you know some coloring. But but he he is the the maestro and the director of that from start to finish visually, and uh, I just I love that book so much, and and I love it. You know, again, as I, I, I think these days I have as equal a love for collecting original art as I do comics. And I look at the pages when they're posted on Cadence and the pages look as good in that form as they do in the finished work. Uh, I just I think he can do no wrong. I think his his choices of, of the way that he lays out pages is just whew, impeccable. And, and uh, I, I think. Some people may look at his style and think it's simple, but I think that much like Risso, uh, who I've always loved, I think the, the, the mastery is in his simplicity. Um, there's not a line, he doesn't waste a line, uh, on the page, but yet the, it tells such a powerful story. So, uh, just adore the man's work. Absolutely adore it. It's, it's worth adoring. It's, uh, I don't, as much, Fun, if you want to call it that, is as great as Deadly Class is because of Rick's writing. Uh, I do not think the book would be as strong if Wes wasn't drawing it. Agreed. It's true. So it 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 he, it is truly a fifty fifty partnership there. Um, I uh, I just went with a with an anchor. Uh, I gave it to uh, well, since they're working so well together on Superman and Mick Gray is actually um he has uh inked. Also, Gleason on uh, on Robinson of Batman, but I went with Mick Gray this year. I um, it was I, I wanted to. I, I had uh, Jonathan Glapion on there for a mm-hmm. while, um, but uh, mm-hmm. it was you know, with the f- three four issues of Reborn, he he did not do a lot on uh, when when I compared it to Gray and a few other mm-hmm. inks, Um it just it, it it in this case it kind of came down to output both very strong. Miki is is a um, like Vid said he's been on the high profile book so he, he's a name you see, um, but he tends to overpower for me and everybody else. All the other books that I read last year, um, you know, Sami inks his own work and and uh, so does Dowderman and you know so so there weren't a lot of books and. Doctor Strange, yes, and that's that's probably another reason why I didn't give it to Chris, uh, because there were a lot of anchors on the Doctor Strange books and uh, issues, and uh, it, things could be a little muddied, and and it's very hard to kind of see where Chris was in, in some of those. So it, it was more of a, I was a little bit more critical this time around. So Mick Gray was my favorite anchor last year. Respect. Okay, here we go. Our favorite writer. Of the year. Damn. Um, our listeners came strong with this one. Uh, in third place, and by the way, it speaks to what year it was, because this man generally doesn't come <laughs> in third place. He, yeah, ever. Yeah, I mean, third is like a, a bad year for him. <laughs> and that is Mr. Jason Aaron. Um, in second place, uh, the uh, people have spoken and have chosen Mr. Rick. Remember... 
Uh, and edging out Rick by a few percentage points, uh, and again, a testament to what a phenomenal year it's been. Uh, my choice for breakout writer of the year, or breakout star of the year, uh, but uh, the people's choice for favorite overall writer, and uh, man, hats off to him, Mr. Tom King, uh, which is a, a hell of an achievement for, you know, for a dude that's, uh, you know, young in the business, and as much as you can be young 10 years into the business. Um so as to who I chose, uh, as Vince alluded, I really split. There were two guys I really was. And listen, Jason Aaron has been my choice, I think, three different years. So I, he's always in the running. Um, but this year, I'm being honest, I, I really was between two people. And uh, I decided to take advantage of our category's diversity by giving one my favorite writer award and my other two in another category, which we'll get to later. Um and, you know, the way this came down to it is this guy, um, he wrote my favorite uh, adventure book of the year. He wrote my favorite crime mystery book of the year. He uh, wrote my favorite limited series. He wrote my favorite new comic. Uh, so, uh, and he frankly wrote my favorite ongoing series, which we haven't gotten to yet. And so I don't see how I couldn't give anyone else the award this year for my favorite writer than Mr. Rick Remender. Uh, the dude um, has always been a personal favorite. I think this year he really delivered, uh, you know, broadly in a way he hadn't before. You know, this guy that this year wrote Black Science, Deadly Class, Devolution, Low, Seven to Eternity, and Tokyo Ghost. Um, so, again, seven books that I, every one of mine I enjoyed immensely so uh, so hat tip to Mr. Remender uh, I love you so much <laughs> oh shit <laughs> uh, subtle completely, completely out of nowhere um, oh man uh, taking um, taking a page from my brothers I, I put uh, my favorite writer here, um, because I have to show him some love somewhere in this tonight. Um, and I was able to put someone else somewhere else. Uh, but writer on Batman following Scott Snyder, uh, wrote a beautiful story with the vision, uh, wrote a really strong if not overly uplifting, Sheriff of Babylon, but Tom King has, um, he, he was very, very strong this year. And, uh, I, I look forward to many, many more years of reading his stories. And, and he, um, I, I think it, it, any one of those stories and any, any one of those titles would have made you notice him. But the fact that, uh, the different books that he has written, in 2016, uh, just really kind of makes him a little bit more dangerous. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it was great reading his stories last year. So he, he really, as, as great as all the other books from all the other writers I've read, uh, Tom's just really kind of had a lasting impression. True that. Well, for this category, 
I righted the wrong that you both made on Creator of the Year <laughs> and switched yeah. the yeah. person that I thought um, this person's definitely uh, my favorite writer is not the man who I gave this category to but he did produce no 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 he did produce I gotta share the love uh-huh. my one of my favorite books of 2016 and that was Bloodshot Reborn and Bloodshot USA like Jeff Lemire for me uh, when I think 2016 Bloodshot is like boom there so I gave him my favorite writer you can't, I mean no argument for me there yeah he's great and I, I will admit I did not read everything that Jeff Lemire wrote in 2016 because a lot of the Marvel stuff is a blank for me. But but I'm giving it to him based on Bloodshot. That's how much I love Bloodshot, what he's done with that character. Respect. So there you go. Oh, there you go. Well, we're all going. Well, now I'm going to go. Favorite? Wow, you got a good category. No, I'm bound to go on. <laughs> <laughs> They're all good at this. Point. <laughs> yeah. uh, I have your favorite writer slash artist does it all. He does it all. Uh, third place, Terry Moore. Not why are you? <laughs> <laughs> I do not understand that. <laughs> See, I don't know about you, but that monkey and the woman one looks like Jank. Oh, I'm stoked! For it. Did you get? Um, it, <laughs> second place, your writer artist you are going to hell. does it all is Mr. Jeff Lemire. Yes. And in first place, very close in first place, Mr. Mackin. Yep. A handful of votes separated them. Not much. So, uh, I, I really can't complain about the listener's choices. Um, but I, decided to uh it's not really a curveball considering the way the listeners voted i too went with matt kent um Oof. talked about department h and it is uh it's killer but i mean he he is a he's i'm enjoying matt's work on the valiant books but uh it really is department h to kind of uh just Makes me give it to him this year. Especially since I was not current or on it while it was happening with my management. So, so since I'm, I'm really kind of following Department H now as it's happening, minus the couple of issues that I'm behind, uh, it's, it's nice to kind of be up to date and, and with it as it's happening. Um, it's, it's just been, he's, I, I don't get to give it to him too often because I do fall behind. So uh it's 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 nice to be able to um let him know I appreciate what he's doing. Do appreciate you. Yeah. Dear Mama, don't you My favorite writer artist, one uh that uh, does it all, is um he's a guy that's very special to me. And um not only uh, because of the work that he produces, but we are lucky enough to call this person friend. And so we see not only the creative output from this person, but we kind of get an inkling of the 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 man behind it 
and we know what drives him and we know his likes and dislikes and loves and and hates and 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 this person truly loves comics he, he really does and you can tell it's apparent on every page the man produces so so i went with scotty young for my favorite writer artist because i love his work and because richard corbin didn't produce too much in 2016. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, Scotty. I'm totally kidding. You, you, uh, <laughs> so I'll take advantage of our friendship. So I didn't go for it. This, this is a category that, uh, is among my favorites each year. Um, and, uh, much, much as Vince may be a dick and joking about that. I'm kidding. Uh, it, I have given Terry Moore uh, this award before. I have also, yep. uh, chosen Matt Kent before on this one, Jeff Lemire. Uh, Jason Latour, uh, you know, to me, this is it's a special thing when a guy can both write and draw the comic books. Um, and you know, one could argue maybe it's like the pinnacle of things. And uh, as much as it pains me to say this, Vince has been right a lot tonight, and uh, he is right once again. And our listeners were wrong this year. What do you mean it pains uh, you? The, the best, or at least my rather my favorite writer artist. Of the year is also uh, Mr. Scotty Young. Yep. Um, you know, he's always up there because uh, we love his work. But I think that uh, he really rounded into shape this year, both as a writer, meaning writing for other people. But I think that he hit his stride with I Hate Fairyland in uh, a way that uh, we hadn't you know, seen before of him. And that, you know, this is 100% his. And uh, it's just... You know, look, I, I will be honest, when, when when the book came out, when that first issue or two hit, I thought this is really clever, but I don't know how long he can go with this, right? Because it's like, this is going to, he's going to run out of Wizard of Oz jokes, you know, at some point, it's going to be, you know. And uh, to his credit, the book continues to evolve and continues to be fresh and extremely funny. And uh, so, yeah, it's it's with great pleasure and with all candor that I, I happily say that Scotty is the uh, the best does-it-all creator over the year for me. By a mile. Yep. Well, no. I'm not mad at Matt Kintz. No, no. no. Matt Kintz. The, uh, I'm, I have to uh, have a little direction on this because it's the favorite ongoing category. You don't need any Well, there's nothing in the first place here. On, on the spreadsheet, and I'm a little bit, oh, I'm uh, a little oh, bit concerned. Not. Yeah, that's what I mean. Hold on a second. Oh, that may be a uh, real time tabulation. It's a oh, glitch. Yes. Uh, it, it, so, what do we have for third? Can you just uh, in, in in third we have Saga. Okay. Brian K. Vaughn, Fiona Staples. Second went to Southern Bastards, which ah, okay. which kind of amazes me that Southern Bastards got second, and it makes me really wonder what came in at first place among the listeners uh with no idea. with uh with just over well just under eight percent of the vote uh the winner by just a few votes over saga was deadly class wow holy moly that's an awesome spread um but my favorite ongoing and here is where i share the love uh, Scooby Apocalypse was my favorite licensed book. My favorite ongoing, I gave to Mark Russell, uh, Steve Pugh, and Chris Chuckry's uh-huh. Flintstones because it's that good. And, you know, 
should we be shocked that a Flintstone comic is this good? Yeah, we should because <laughs> you know the the premise has just a little bit of mileage, but um, Mark Russell is is squeezing that stone and producing really really good stuff. Um, it, it's a treat to read. It's a treat to, to view. The, Steve Pugh is doing amazing work. I'm surprised because it was the most reluctant choice of mine among the Hanna-Barbera ones to order. Um, and I like it arguably, you know, the best with Scooby Apocalypse. So Much, much love. Much yeah. love. Um, well, if, if nothing else, this category proves that uh, our listeners really do understand oh boy. that I'm an influencer. <laughs> is it tastemaker? Or they just want to tastemaker. That's what it is. Uh, yeah, because I happen to agree with the listener's choice uh, in that uh, my favorite ongoing series, uh, also by Mr. Remender and Mr. Craig, seeing a running theme here for me this year, uh, is Deadly Class. I just, uh, like I said, it's the book that, that I just every month read with and just thought, damn, that's a awesome issue i you know like i said i applied sort of grading scale to all the stuff i read this year and i gave deadly class uh, i think of the 12 issues i gave it uh four tens um six nines and two eights so no, no other series came close that put out at least 10 issues for me this year that i read so love that content book cool uh, like Vince, I'm spreading the love, and uh, this is where I get to let Jason Aaron and Chris Hollow and company know oh. how much uh, I really enjoy Doctor Strange. It's another one where good choice. It's it's pretty much I don't know. Aaron seems to be on that um slot deal where you know I'm, I'm writing my books and it does not mingle with whatever event you have going on you can use the character just you know make your own miniseries tie-in or whatever the doctor strange does not um did not play into or none of the issues of the ongoing series tied had to stop and tie in to civil war two or anything like that it um it's basically just been doctor strange and his peers and, and compatriots and, and dealing with the fallout of um, what happens when uh, you use up all the magic or, or, or have to uh, uh, come to um, the, the consequences of, of your actions and, and the, the characters that uh, Aaron has created like Mr. Misery, which basically was living in uh, the, the the Sanctum's basement and was given life, and it's just it's it's nuts, and it's it's so it's no pun intended. It's strange looking, and it's uh, it's it's a lot of fun, and it, it's another one where it's kind of nonstop. And the current storyline, where you know it starts off at the beginning of the week, and he's dealing with uh, Mr. Misery and. Uh, Mordo is back and here's Nightmare and there is the orb who's driving a taxi and, uh, his, his Aaron loves the orb, doesn't he? He does. And well, yeah. And he is, his, his orb is now is currently 
one of the watcher's eyeballs. So it's not mm-hmm. a helmet anymore. It's just, it's, it's, it's one of the eyes. And, um, yeah, he's got, uh, he's, he's been imbued with powers now. It, it's just, uh, it, it, it's crazy. But yeah, man, it, he's putting Stephen Strange through the ringer. I am having an absolute blast reading it. It doesn't feel, like the stern of the Gillis stuff and it's just it it it's Aaron is doing his thing with this character and it's it's um it's a blast. It absolutely is. I, I'm having a lot it of It is, man. It's uh and it was my runner up for superhero. I if it didn't give it to Harley, I was gonna give it to Doc. I can completely understand that. No, it's it's great stuff. I can't wait to see this uh Ooh. really get some nice collection treatment. Harley's better to look at. <laughs> I don't know, man. You gave it to Bacalo as your Pachalo. No, I mean as a woman. I'd rather look at a woman than than a man. Right. Sure. It's a man, baby. Okay, three more to go. Thanks to our listeners for hanging into this extra-sized episode. But uh, we've got... uh, I'm up next with Favorite Publisher, and then my boys bring home the Big Enchilada Awards of Creator of the Year and Comic of the Year. Uh, And then we call it the night. So, um, up for Favorite Publisher uh, are... And look, it is what it is, y'all. Who am I to judge? But I struggle a little bit with this. In third place, Marvel Comics. Wow. You do you, y'all. You do you. (laughs) I I think that, no, uh, let's be honest. I think that's a very accurate representation of 2016. I do, too. I do, too. What, that it got 7%? Yep. Yep. Yeah, it got yeah, it got seven percent. I think that's fair. Um, I mean, but but let's be honest. I mean, and I know we're going to get groans, but objectively, as much as we all like to bust on, or I like to bust on you guys, like Valiant had a better year than Marvel. It's true. I think Dark Horse had a better year than Marvel. I haven't read much Dark Horse this year. Okay. Either way, though, the, the 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 audience votes for who they vote for. Much respect. Marvel so, number three. So what you're saying uh, is Marvel should not even be in the top three. I don't think they should this year. That stuns me that you would even say that. But anyway, they are in the top three, 7% of the vote, with 23% of the vote, which, by the way, I may even give a more, uh, like, raised eyebrow suspect look at y'all for the fact that this one, I think, was undervoted, and that is DC Comics at 23%. Yeah, I agree. And then with the highest percentage of any category, yeah. by the way, the winner, this was the biggest vote-getter as a percentage of anyone in any category, the top choice for our listeners this year, Image Comics. Now, look, I don't have all the results of our seven prior years handy, but I think for for with certainty... Image Comics has been the leading publisher more than anyone else. I mean, Vince and I generally pick them most years. Dap has picked them. So generally, I have no issue with Image. And I I don't really even mind that Image is y'all's choice this year. I am a little surprised, though, that it got almost half of the votes. Um, But that's neither here nor there. You know, people are going to choose what they're going to choose. My choice, and uh, again, a, a, a big Big, bigly, bigly change from where I probably was when we started the show almost a decade ago. Uh, and to me, not it, even close. It was This is probably one of the easiest categories for me this year um, was DC Comics. Uh, like you guys said, Rebirth set it off. And um, 
I read more DC this year than I've read in any prior year, at least in terms of off the shelf. I think over the, the last bunch of years, I've read a ton of DC kind of catching up on all the stuff I missed in, in prior times. But, but in terms of off the shelf, um, I'm, I'm, I'm reading more DC rebirth titles a year into the relaunch than I was close to what I was reading new 52. Um, I think on a title for title basis, the DC books I read each month are of a higher quality than any other publisher where I read stuff month after month. Um, and it's just, it's, it's the, it's the company that both surprised me the most and also made me smile the most this year. So honestly to me, it's one and then like a distant, distant, distant second this year for, for publisher. So DC comics, baby, all the way. What he said, uh, there is, um, there really was no, no, no question. I, I could not, uh, realistically give it to Marvel. Uh, the, I mentioned Doctor Strange and Thor, but I was reading Spider-Man and, and, um, I'm sorry. It's, no, 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 not amazing. Oh, okay. The Miles Morales and, and, uh, and, you know, after the first arc, we have like five issues tying into Civil War two, and and the same thing with Captain America, both Captain America books tying. And it's like every time I just want to, and it, it's the main reason why like Spider Gwen didn't win for me last year because as soon as things get going, it's like bam, Secret Wars, and and I just I I if I could just you know, what are your favorite five issues of of the year, and you know maybe maybe then I could give it. To, to certain titles, but if I'm looking at overall look out of the year, then, uh, I really can't give it to, uh, I'm just, I'm getting more out of enjoying more of what I'm reading from DC. Yeah. I'm, I'm enjoying Valiant and, and I'm enjoying some of the books from image, but pound for pound, it's, it's, uh, this is the year that DC was my favorite publisher. Uh, same here. Uh, yeah. Sweep. It is a sweep, but, um, DC has thrown a, a wet blanket on my, Uh-oh. my worship of their output for 2016. Because yeah, no, I, I mean, this next week. They did. They should have. Dude. I know they should have because I, but that's what I thought. I, I said, okay, I, got, I have to give them love for 2016 because they, they did, they were pretty much infallible. After Rebirth, everything just clicked. It worked. I loved it. I was on. Superman's back. The Superman family titles are strong. Tom King doing amazing work. And then they announced that, um, 15 of the once, of the monthly books are going to 399. That is the biggest dose of saltpeter that you could ever give me because as much as I love them, I do not think that Trinity and Supergirl and Superwoman are worth three ninety nine. They're not worth it. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm I mean I'm I'm cheerleading DC in it one hand on the I mean on the other hand I'm like I think this is a grave, grave mistake because I do not give a shit about digital. The the fact that it comes with a, a bonus digital code means zero to me. I'm paying a dollar more for a book that I previously paid two ninety nine for. Whatever, your your mileage may vary, but I think it's a bad I think it's a bad idea 
but that doesn't impact anything that they did in 2016 because they did nothing wrong in 2016, which is why no, they're right. which is why they're my publisher of the year. There we go. Yeah, boy. All right. Now we have the creator of the year, <laughs> dude. You gave me the last one. You did. I did. Uh, I more. He's full of shit. <laughs> I gave you guys the two big ones, the big enchiladas. Wow. He's your boo boo. Uh, third no. place. No, your creator of the year is Jason Aaron. Yes, sir. Wow. Yeah, stunning. This is a, a down year for him. Yeah, <laughs> stunning. Uh, your second place. Is Jeff Lemire. Mm-hmm. And in first place, probably to the surprise of no one, and probably because everybody listened to last week's episode with him, is Mr. Tom King with a whopping 22%. That's crazy. Yes. 22%. All groans up. That is nutsy nuts. And uh, for me, I looked at... Um, I looked at the output of what this gentleman did that I enjoyed this year. Um, and he has written a phenomenal nine issues on Moon Knight. He gave us, he's writing the new Black Hammer series from Dark Horse. Um, the first issue of Thanos I read was, was good. I'll read the second. Uh, he is illustrating AD after death. Um, much of Jason Chagrin, you have, he's writing Old Man Logan, which I decided to just take a stab and read an arc, and I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Bloodshot Reborn and USA. Uh, I am not current, but he is the writer of Descender, and he wrote the limited series Plutona, which I enjoyed. And uh, my creator of the year, because of all of that, uh, is Mr. Jeff Lemire. Yeah. Yes. He... Yeah. Good try. Man, the myth, the legend. Good try, David. But you missed the mark a little bit. Because yeah, did I? Because I just didn't <laughs> list him as a writer only. You can make him my favorite By the writer. Way, before Vince goes into his choice, I think we failed because we had Jeff and Tom on the show in 16. Or, well, actually, Tom in 17. In the last 12 months. But we have not had Rick on in the last 12 months. Well, let's let's fix that. Yeah. Let's do with, it. with the quickness. you got to get on that. Okay. Uh I, um, a little peek behind the curtain, when I do my 11 o'clockers, I like to stick, uh, choices in the little cells here, and, and I'll go back and amend them after a time, and I'll deliberate, and sometimes I change them, sometimes I don't, but there was one that Im- I'd immediately dropped in the cell, and I did not change it because I knew it was the only choice, the correct choice, and it's for creator of the year, it's Mr. Tom King. I don't care if he's a friend. I don't care if he's a buddy. This man has had... Stop you with any of the other categories. This man has had an impeccable year. He has. Uh, Omega Men, The Vision, Batman, uh, Sheriff of Babylon. It's going to be tough. We said this last week. It's tough to to replicate the, the creative heights to which he has ascended in 2016 for this year. But I think he could do it. Um, but I got to give the man props. Uh, 2016 was Tom King's year. Yeah. He's like the uh, high school quarterback class president that uh, is like selling used cars when he's 35 and telling everyone, like, I used to be the class president in high school. He peaks too soon. No. I don't think we've seen his peak yet. 
Nah, I'm only kidding. Yeah. The man is, is incredible and, and a more than worthy choice. Um, with that said, not my choice. Uh, I got to go with my man Dap here. Um, like I said, I, I was choosing between two writers for my choice this year for most impactful to me. And, and Remender was my writer because I knew that I would be giving Jeff my creator of the year. And as David alluded, I mean, the dude had a ridiculously prolific year where, you know, as you said, AD after death, he drew. Um, he also wrote All New Hawkeye. He wrote, uh, as you said, Black Hammer, uh, Bloodshot Reborn USA, which was my new to me, if you're new to me, um, uh, Death of X, um, Descender, again, my favorite sci-fi book, uh, Extraordinary X-Men, which I would dare say, along with Umberto Ramos, was the best X-Men book, which admittedly has an asterisk this year, but but still, I think that uh, considering what a mess the mutant verse was, I think Jeff's and Umberto's was a little bit of a ray of sunshine in an otherwise cloudy, uh, overcast mutant universe. Um, Moon Knight with Greg Smallwood, who, by the way, I mean, there's a guy that uh, folks, if they don't know that name, they're going to they're gonna know that name real soon, Mr. Smallwood. Um, Old Man Logan, again, as I said last week uh, or two, you know, I'm a huge, unabashed Wolverine fan, and I'm never going to get over the way that they killed him. And uh, this is, you know, Jeff's giving me uh, something to hold my hand on from that character. So, yeah, man, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, qu- quality outweighs quantity for sure. But when you're able to write eight different books that I genuinely thought were were very good to create, in a single year, that is something special. So, so uh, I tip my cap to you, Mr. Lemire. You are my creator of the year. Okay, to finish line, comic of the year, and and Jason has has given it to me. Wow, um, yeah. The uh, the listeners have spoken, and in third place for comic of the year, they gave it to Southern Bastards. Second place went to Deadly Class. And the number one pick among the listeners for the comic of the year, uh, wow, went to Tom King and, uh, Mr. Walters, uh, The Vision. That's, jeez. And it's very close between second and third. It's like, you know, there's a 2% swing. But still, The Vision as the listeners, number one comic of the year, Ah, uh, what did I pick? Uh, <laughs> really? Dave, David, you're such a tease. I know. Because uh, what you don't see at home, what we do see here is the Excel spreadsheet. And uh, Jason and myself, uh, the the answers are, are there. But Jay, David has a bunch of question marks. Well, I do now that Jason wrote them there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my comic of the year, without question, hands down, the art of Charlie Chan, Hak Chi. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. You, if you want to hear why, just rewind. Uh, Sonny Lou, it's it's an amazing book. Uh, nothing came close to that this year for me. Nice, nice. The fallout of that book is still being uh, felt. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I have to say, I was definitely vibing with the with the community on this one in the sense that Southern Bastards and Deadly Class were certainly two of my favorite books this year for sure, and. Uh, in a similar vein, I, I, in good conscience, could not uh, 
disagree with the audience's choice for the book of the year, and that is Division uh, by Mr. King and Mr. Walta. Um, you know, look, I was late to the party there, and since I read the first issue, didn't let it pick, stack up on my regime, and then ended up reading it right at the end of the year. Um, every now and then there's a book that is just the chalk. You know, it's uh, for you non-sports fans, chalk means something that is just uh, the consensus pick and with good reason. And, and uh, you know, look, the vision was, if not the one of the most universally applauded from a critical perspective books in a long, long time in comics. I mean, this book got on every best of list you can imagine. And I suspect Tom will have an Eisner award or two in his, all for his mantle uh, come this time next year. Um, and so a little part of me wanted to be the contrarian um, and read it and think like that, okay, it was good, but it wasn't all that. But look, man, it, it, sometimes the consensus is the consensus because it's just the fucking pick. And uh, look, the vision is, dare I say, a masterpiece. I, I, I just think it's one of those rare moments where a guy gets to tell a story that is at the same time a superhero comic within continuity and yet is so, so much more. And it's got the aesthetic and the narrative of a truly independent book. Uh, and it is not often that you see that kind of thing. So I tip my cap to Tom. I tip my cap to Gabriel Walta. And uh, I do think that, uh, you know, regardless of what Tom goes on to do, and I'm sure it's going to be massive things in the next bunch of years, I think the vision will be something that is always at or near the top of his resume when people talk about him as a creator. Yep. I can see that. Uh, well. Come on, fess up. Yeah, it's. Well, Bomb Queen, come on. <laughs> I read the vision earlier in the year and I was giddy when. My booze finally got around to reading it. Uh, I am quite happy to see that it's what the listeners picked and, and there really is no other, other book for me to think about that that could be the comic of the year. Tom and Gabriel have done an amazing job on the 12, 11 issues of the vision with the one by Michael Walsh, but it was, it's, it was just a, from start to finish, a, Ooh. a great story. And, uh, it, it is, there really was no, as, as the year was going, as, as, you know, we're, we keep, you know, you think, oh, the old classics, the old classics are coming in and we're worried about, you know, what, just like the British. It's like the British. What we're gonna, what we're gonna be putting in, in the slots and we have and, better teeth and though. Gonna be, gonna be set up and, uh, there are just certain things that you kind of think about and, and just keep in the back of your mind. It's like, well, th- this is what the other books, this is what this next title I'm going to read has to, knock off the pedestal to see, you know, if it if it's in the running, if anything comes close. And and honestly, in in those twelve issues, nothing did. It it was just it was consistent and it it just it told a story that I don't think could really be told with with another character and and told in a way that uh that Tom and illustrated in a way that uh that Gabriel were, that they were able to pull off. It's, um, I'm, I'm so glad the listeners went that way. The majority of the listeners went this way with division. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and, and Jason knows his stuff. 
Yes, sir. So there you have it. Another year in the books, boys. Wow. It's a great year. On uh, to Centene. Yep. <laughs> Minus Vince's 15 DC books. Uh, it's true. It's, yeah. Vince will be back to take an image next year. <laughs> or Valiant. No, it was Valiant. Or Valiant. Yeah. <laughs> well, i got to say, man, I really, really thought you were going to pick Valiant this year. No, 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 no. I couldn't. No. Not no, I, no. I, I, yeah, I'm saying I, but like going into it when we, I was like, oh, he's going to pick Valiant. But yeah, so maybe next year. Yeah, couldn't do it. Tell me, we all pick Valiant. Okay. That sounds like a deal. Yeah. We all pick Valiant. Nice. Well, thanks to everyone that uh, participated in this, and uh, and thanks to everyone who still eight years in inexplicably cares about our opinions on any of this. Y'all are nuts, but we still love you for it. Indeed. Oh, true that. Um, thank you for for listening to this. Uh, please solicit our sponsor, Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, because you can get the absolute lowest prices on your favorite funny books and collectibles, such as from Image, Daniel Warren Johnson and Mike Spicer are cooking up the extremity number one, and you can have it for 50% off cover. That's $1.99. Neil Gaiman, uh, P. Craig Russell, Scott Hampton and company are on American Gods, colon, Shadows. Number one, one dollar ninety nine cents, and do not forget from Valiant Exo Man of War number one by Matt Kint, <laughs> Thomas Giarello, um, Louis LaRosa, and a bunch of different people. Ninety nine cents. What? That's seventy five percent off. In your travels, I implore you. This book was in the running for my favorite adventure comic. But uh did not make it. But it's still good. That's just because everything was so strong okay. in 2016. This is written by Gerard Way, uh John Rivera, Michael Avon Oming is on here, Nick Filardi. It's Cave Carson has a cybernetic eye. Mm-hmm. I got caught up, and it's so much fun. Not only do you get a, uh, a rockin' main story, Tom Scholey is doing his his superpower stuff in the back pages. It is amazing. Just read it. Uh, the Young Animal um, imprint has been kicking. So uh, do that. Cave Carson. Do it. Uh, I mentioned this title a short while ago because of um, it was really interrupted by Marvel's crossover event. Uh, but I read... The first 11 issues and up to the midpoint of issue 12 before we recorded tonight. Uh, but by Brian Michael Bendis, Sarah Pacelli, and, uh, the Civil War 2 issues were, um, illustrated by Nico Leone. Um, it is, uh, Spider-Man, the Miles Morales Spider-Man. It's, um, I read the first two issues where he fought Blackheart. Uh but the the dialogue is just it yes, it's it's a Bendis written book, but everybody sounds um I had Renee read some of some of the pages and she just was enjoying it immensely between the conversation with Miles. Um because his grades are dropping off. Miles' mom calls his grandmother in 
to kind of straighten him up and uh she, typical Spanish hard ass grandmother. Uh the the Civil War two stuff does kind of put a dent in things. Uh kind of like the Captain America issues where there's a bunch of disjointed images, you're not quite sure what the hell's going on because you're not reading the main story. Uh but once that's done, um issue eleven deals more with Miles' dad, Jefferson who has been kind of folded back into, he's now an agent of shield again, so that this way his, his son is safe. His son, the only people who know miles is Spider-Man are dad, his best friend, Ganky. And now, uh, because I guess he's a character too cool that he couldn't do without gold balls has been brought in to, uh, <laughs> Spider-Man. Uh, um, yeah, so, uh, and there's a, um, there's a couple of scenes with Jessica Jones because grandma, because she wants to know what the hell's going on with her son, or with her grandson, hires Jessica Jones to, to investigate him. And that kind of bummed me out a bit because it's like, you're the grandmother. It, it just, uh, I wasn't, I mean, yeah, money's money and it's the job, but it just kind of bummed me out that Jessica would take, take the gig knowing that grandma's spying on, her grandson, and it's not like it's, she's not the guardian. It's like so. It was just one of those things which just kind of caused me to nitpick a little bit. But Jessica was annoying. Grandma's annoying. But overall, the Bendy said, "I'm I'm really enjoying. I'm enjoying Miles and I, more than I ever thought I did, and partly because of his appearances in in Wade's books, like the all new Avengers and the uh, or, I'm sorry, all new all different Avengers and, and now Champions." Uh, the the Trinity with Miles and Kamala and and Sam is uh is really strong. I'm enjoying the the younger characters Marvel's doing. Issue twelve, not to make this too much longer, is a is the first part of a crossover with Spider Gwen where um Miles and Gwen uh the, the, the title of the arc is sitting in a tree. So and there are images of the two of them making out. Um so it looks like Miles has to visit uh Earth 65. But it's been a lot of more fun than I expected it to be. And, and yeah, the Civil War II stuff kind of throws a wrench in things. But overall, those those first, first five issues are really entertaining. And there's one thing, and it's a shame that we're not having art included in this uh with this episode because yeah, Vince, would, Vince would add this. There's there's a scene where the news is playing and Black Cat is listening to the news and she's working out, she's doing push ups, she's exercising in fucking costume. It's like that just it it Ooh. made no sense for like it doesn't have work to out make sense. Two. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. And Pacelli draws a smoking black cat. Mm-hmm. So How about this? Really you, you, to check that out. You talk about right. it next week and I'll put that page in there. All right. All right, we'll read it for next week. We'll talk about it. So yeah, well, but no, I'm not. Uh, it, 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 I know. Oh God, no. But no, Spider-Man by Bendis Pacelli and Company, and it's it's good stuff. Excellent. Uh, in your travels, give uh, a look to a book that was created, written, drawn, colored, and owned by one man, Mr. Kari Andrews. I'm talking about Renato Jones, The One Percent, Season One. The trade just hit, 
Uh, I discussed the first issue when it came out, uh, and now the entire first arc is out in trade form. Uh, and uh, perhaps I will need not do anything other than quote Mr. Warren Ellis, who so eloquently says that uh, Renato Jones is a sort of hallucinatory rage pop punisher from Occupy. It's gorgeous and demented. Uh, and I think that's exactly right. Um, this is, in essence, uh, a story about what if uh, Batman, um, instead of becoming the Dark Knight, and uh, decided to be the Punisher, you know, decided to just kill uh, people that uh, he thought were, uh, you know, at the heart of what was wrong with the world. And that's what this really is. It's 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 a darkly funny, sexual, violent over-the-top book in all respects. And uh, I just think you can just tell what great pride Kari has in this book being all of his, uh, you know, from start to finish. And it's it's so well composed, not only in the, the main story, the art, the comic itself, but he's got these interstitial ads that, uh, like, uh, like, of, of, you know, that, that look like real ads, but they're, they're all part of the book, you know, like, uh, like comic books for the super rich. Ronaldo Jones, it's like a perfume ad, and it's it's just so well done. Um, I just I think that it's it's just a book that exudes it being this guy's passion. I mean, this is his book, Lock, Stock, and Barrel, and uh, it's just crazy, man. It's absolutely crazy, and I can't recommend it enough. Especially, um, look, we're going to have a lot of political books and a lot of heavy-handed politicizing in the next few years, and. Uh, while I'm probably on the same side of the trade for most of those people's political views, and I, I think it can be heavy-handed at times. So if you want something that doesn't take itself as seriously, um, but is along the same ilk, Renato's your spot. We're going to get a lot of punk rock, too, in the next four years. Thank God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know you don't care, but... Yeah. All right, everybody. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't recant. He didn't say no. Uh, thank you for being here with us. Uh, we love doing these 11 o'clockers, and we hope you loved listening to it. If you did, please leave us a review on iTunes or a similar um, podcast distribution service. And in the meantime, uh, kiss the people you love. Go out and have a good time, and say good night. David. Good night. I'm not, I'm not doing all that. You don't have to. David. <laughs> nice. I'm not, I'm not and huge, huge thanks to Mr. Zach Davis, listener of the show, Facebook group member. He uh, Last year there was a Kickstarter for a DVD, an interview off the record with Jim Shooter. Uh, I did not back it. Because uh, I'm not sure if I wanted to sit and stare mm. at Jim Shooter for five hours. He's a big man. Uh, so large, Zach large did, man. and was uh, kind enough to send the DVD. What? So I will be watching that soon, and uh, I will more than likely pass it on to Vince so he can watch it. What? Starhawks. Gotta get it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we love you people. Join, join us next week. It'll be back to the, the same old, same old, talking about the comics we loved from the week, uh, the, the previous week. And, uh, 
you know, say goodnight. Say bye. Say peace out. Say peace. Peace effing out. Peace and love. Be good to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Almost. Do that. Yeah. Well. That's true. (laughs) I got a pee pee. Oh. Phones upon this little earth Multiplying, dying, under turning to rebirth All the little children growing up in space Adding less more stories to the history of this race Here on Earth Here on Earth